That's Dark talks about movies that depict violence and sexual violence. Due to the nature of the show, please listen at your own discretion. This show is an ongoing conversation between Danny, David, and Pappy. They talk about the most extreme movies they can find. If you enjoy their discussion, please review the show on iTunes. We drive out of this town and the horn is still on and like they will not turn it off. And now yeah. we're like hostages on the bus. Welcome to That's Dark. Grotesque episode two. Yep. Yay, yay. We're back. We're back at it. Yeah. Yeah. It had a bit of a delay. It's been a minute. Back to the table. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But we're here. And uh, that's exciting. So without further delay, so I'm excited. Let's yeah. get to uh, some take backs. What lingering take backs are out there? I got a handful. <laughs> yeah. A small handful of yeah. take backs. None, none, none major. Okay. Uh, the first one I want to get into is how embarrassed I was at hearing myself talk about how my mind was blown over and over again <laughs> yeah. during the watching of Grotesque. It wasn't. I, I, I just kept saying it because I was tired and I was like, I thought like I had to amp up the energy and I was like, and that blew my mind about everything. <laughs> my mind wasn't blown. It was more of a wow than a mind blown. Right. Um, but whatever. That's fine. Uh, another <laughs> yeah. one was uh, when we were talking Maybe about- Maybe it broke your mind. Yeah. I'm it, like it didn't though because I like at the time no, I was but at like, the time maybe it did at the time maybe for sure but it, the movie well we'll talk about it in in moments but I, <laughs> it didn't linger with me okay um, all right I uh, another take back that I have is when uh, Pappy was talking about the 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 effect of it in, in extreme cinema where uh, there's a one to one body reaction in the viewer where it's your body will cringe at the sight of us of the same body part in the movie being like affected. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was asking about how that relates to the David Cronenberg, uh, body, body, body horror. Yeah. And I, I keep saying the movie body double when I, I mean dead <laughs> ringers <laughs> yes. and they're not the yeah. same movie. I think yeah. that, uh, bodies do get damaged in body double, yeah. but they're, it's not the same. Like, uh, double gynecologist problem. To be fair, <laughs> I believe that you say that and then I automatically agree with you. Yeah. And, it sounds uh, right. Yeah. And you said it, I was like, maybe it's in Body Double as well. Dead Ringers is not a very good name for what happens in Dead Ringers, but right. let's not get into that. When well, we just yeah. watched a movie with two people getting tortured, so Body Double yeah. mm-hmm. sounded good. It yes. just felt it sounded right. good. Yeah. Yeah. It sound, yeah. It sounded right to me too. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, another thing that I, I, I want to, it's not really a take back. I just, we talk about hentai porn and I feel like I'm <laughs> tiptoeing around it. Like I've never actually seen any hentai pornography and I have, I, <laughs> not to say that it's my favorite pornography yeah. or that I necessarily enjoyed it, but I, yeah. I didn't want to take accountability <laughs> yeah. for having seen <laughs> yeah. hentai pornography and I have. So this, yeah, have, this you, is have like, you watched one like, like, or like, have you just seen moments? I've seen, I haven't watched a full one. That's, okay. I, I feel like I like, oh, there was one that I was like, this is going to be interesting. And it was just like too porny for me to like watch mm-hmm. seriously. Yep. yep. Um, I've seen heavy metal. Heavy metal is a, <laughs> a dope yeah, movie. Yeah. Yep. That was yeah. a part There's of my There's one childhood. other one that I can't remember. Fitz turned me on to it. 
Where he was, yeah. because he, because it wasn't like hentai, but it had moments of it, which was the weird part. Cause he's like, you should watch this. It's a sick movie. And I right. was like, oh, this is pretty sick. You it's gotta, got like, it's all samurais and shit. That's why right. Fitz turned yes. me onto yeah, it. Yeah. But then like, just out of nowhere, there's this like crazy hardcore sex scene that these like <laughs> yeah, animations are doing. I was like, Whoa. Yeah. Going. Well, yeah. And the guy was <laughs> yeah. like a monster. Like, he was, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. It happens. Oh man. I feel like. I'm having a flashback where I've definitely seen this movie uh, by a Fitz I, as well. I might, I might own <laughs> yeah. this movie, so okay. I'll, I'll clarify yeah. this in the next one. This feels more like a confession than a. Are take we starting a, 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 another <laughs> podcast about <laughs> hentai pornography <laughs> yeah. called Body Double? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it turns out. Welcome to Body Double episode one. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah that's. I think. Uh, I think that that's it. Yeah, I have a quick one. Yeah, um, related to the to miss saying, uh, or, or the miss identification of body double. I, I don't even remember. I think this could be a, a, a way back or a, a throwback take back. Mm-hmm. But at one point in this series or the season thus far, I'm talking about, uh, whether or not we give a shit about, um, like a director or a writer's intention yeah, and, and way in which to make sense of the movie. Like, so if we have a particular reading of something, Oh, it was for sure. Henry, if we have a particular reading of Henry, when, when we were saying that, one of the reasons why it's very cool is because it's implying that Henry may or may not have done this, where mm-hmm. then we said that's not what the director was trying to do. Yeah. He was trying mm-hmm. to say that Henry was responsible for the deaths. Um, I refer to that as a authorial fallacy when it's intentional fallacy. So just yeah. to get my terms straight. Yeah. Get correct. Shame on you, dude. Yeah, you bastard. Yeah, I, uh, People have been up in arms about that one since you said it. Yeah, yeah. I've been, uh, what's that? What, is it? Is it self-flatulating when you like whip self, yourself? No, that's, that's farting. That's farting. <laughs> that's just regular farting. Self-flagellating. You can see where I go wrong there. <laughs> I do, but I, I love take, so self-flagellation take. is amazing. It's when you fart and nobody else is around to smell it but you. <laughs> so to be clear, I'm not going to take that back. I've been both self-flagellating and self-flagellating yeah. in hopes that I did one of them correctly. Yeah, in like Since, a masochistic attempt. Yeah. Yeah. In such a way to punish myself for <laughs> fucking up that term. Fair, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, I have, uh, on that note, I also want to take back my hour-long monologue on Henry Lucas. It was super boring, and I apologize. Um, and it, it wasn't boring. It was just long and, and it clunky. It <laughs> didn't need to happen. No. Um, you got super into him that week. I did get into it in that week. Yeah. Oh. You were bees deep. You were bills deep in it. I was, yeah, you were I was bees deep. <laughs> you were, also. Yeah, you were bo- yeah. <laughs> bills deep in it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm good. I, uh, those are my. That's my take back. Okay, then mine is mm-hmm. uh, the shame. The shame thing. Uh, <laughs> Asian cultures and shame. Yeah, I'm not taking it back. I'm putting it in. The, <laughs> I'm not taking it back. I'm putting it in the take back section because I got to clarify. Yeah, it's like it's more context. Yeah. 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 So. When we talked about the podcast after it was over and my two buddies here who both know that I lived in China for like a year and a half, yep. mm-hmm. um, you guys don't know that as listeners. So <laughs> <laughs> there is a bit of context to my saying that, and that was just that I lived kind of like very submersed in the culture, right in the center of the country and very shame-based. Yeah. And I know that this one is not a Chinese movie, mm-hmm. but... In the samurai culture, like everything is yeah, super I, heavy. I, I think shame is heavier in Japan, seemingly. For sure. To me than and, there's, yeah. and it's Chinese. like, that's why like I didn't... Uh, but like being no... publicly shamed is the worst thing you can do to someone in China. Right. Yeah. Like that, that, when I was there, 
and I would see shit happen in the street and I'd be like, whoa, what is going on? Like, why is that guy freaking out? And then people would be like, like everyone gathers and they just quietly listen and you're like, because he's being shamed. Yeah, that's crazy. What? Yeah, it was wild. It was like, no one would ever be like, oh, fight, fight, like we do. Like, yeah. people jump around, and now, no. They gather around, and they just dead silent and they listen. They just judge you. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> that's awful. Yeah. yeah, see, that's more like, your experience there is more legitimate than I would say, like, Danny and I's, because I fully agree that, and again, with the idea of the samurai and yeah. stuff like that, and the reason why I would, like, agree with someone that says, like, Japanese culture seems shame, like, to be rooted in some sort of fear of shame as well yeah. is due to the samurai narrative but that's like me watching us watching popular culture i've never been to japan so i don't really know for sure yeah, but like, like popular culture certainly paints seppuku yeah, yeah exactly so seppuku yeah paradigm. that's right uh, yeah <laughs> i actually i actually like when you said that i i, I had an, a, a reaction to the effect of like oh yes <laughs> when, <laughs> mm, when yes. you were like you were like yeah jap like like you were like like uh, asian cultures actually hit like are like deeply rooted in shame a lot of the time i was like oh yes oh yeah no, but i, I was not saying that like oh i, I know that i was like oh yeah i know that david lived in china that's why <laughs> yeah. that's why i was saying that. i think eventually you said that but i'm pretty sure at first you're like wait what i'm gonna need you to explain that that's uh, what you said I don't I'm, know. I'm like yeah. near near so, percent, yeah. but i but i also did say that uh the guy might have been feeling shame in terms of the doctor like he yeah. might have even been trying to impress the doctor yeah i'm I, I struggled with that one not again as a take back but like i think there would be an element of you always that would be like you're not gonna beat me mm -hmm. even when i'm like at the complete disadvantage of being tied up and like yeah. mutilated entirely i'm still gonna walk across this room and cut this shit down yeah well yeah. we get and that in like, the film because he agrees right yeah. so it's like i'm um, maybe like shame in that particular moment's not the correct but he's, uh, the he's, correct word but it's like it's not wanting to break the his word or something yeah. like he's that. He's compliant. Like yeah. he is compliant. Like he's like, I will do this thing that you want me to do for my desired result. And I don't know if that's like, if it's like the actual, like how hard he goes in on that task is shame based. Like I feel like it, yeah. it feels like, 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 yeah, it might be. Yeah. Well, I, some of it, I like think pride and shame. The tactics that the, doc the doctor deploys are undoubtedly shame based. Yeah. And yeah. like, if he was to feel shame, it might be shame because he doesn't fulfill his word because right from the beginning he says to the girlfriend that i would die for you and then he <laughs> which is crazy yeah and then he says it to the doctor when he's like would you die? the doctor asks the boyfriend would you die for her and he says he thinks about it and then he's like yes and to me that's it's like a, that's a pact between the doctor and him yeah yep. so that's it could go back to another like not like wanting to feel shameful for not being able to live up to it's your an word. honor thing like, yeah. yeah 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 true there. Okay. Oh, oh, yeah. One more take back that I have is in my three minute drill, I uh, cheat. Yeah, I I, I <laughs> yeah, achieved. I, I achieved with... greatness. Is what Pappy just said. No, have you cheat. heard that? Um, a cheat. <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, something that I do actually do <laughs> in, in my three minute drill is Aside I from I breeze over the the moral of the uh, the whole like the. the 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 most important point of the film, mm -hmm. um, which is when when uh, the penis is removed and the genitals are mutilated, and he like has really gone in on the male captive. Um, 
he, I, I said that he said, I'm horny. Yes. That's not what he said. <laughs> no, 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 what no. he said is, I've deeply felt the sexual stimulation. <laughs> yeah. And that is uh, explained later as like, or, or we are led to believe that he will, or he's claiming he will release them if they can make him feel sexual stimulation. Uh, and that sexual stimulation is coming from their will demonstrating their yeah. will su- to yeah. survive. Yeah. That is what the, this movie is about. And yeah. I, I, I encapsulated that in uh, the quote, I'm horny, yeah. Yeah. which is never said in this movie. Yeah. I don't want to go to the courthouse too much on the three minute drill, but like, yeah, it's really like, you're definitely like, I could see why you don't want to put a week in between us listening to the podcast. Well, but, it's, but <laughs> I think it's, I like, I like the disadvantage of the, I like the, I like the even playing field of like the judgy and, and judged. Yeah. You know? In the in that moment, I see. Well, whatever we can get to it. Yeah, later. like I, I, I would. I don't want the extra week. Like I, I don't. I, I don't mind missing on something and just being like, "Fuck, I wish I roasted you on that," but I right. can't now. Right. Okay, that's fair. You yeah, know what I mean? Fair. Yeah. Um. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. How do we feel about it this week? Yeah. Are there any? Uh, what were the <laughs> the lingering effects of it this week? Did you find yourself returning it to it mentally, emotionally, physically? No. Yeah, not really with this one. Yeah. But overall, maybe a little bit. Yeah. I would say, like, I think I have, like, a unique perspective on this particular question, given my the first time that I watched it with David yeah. versus this one now. Because, again, for context, the first time I watched this was at the end of uh, an endurance week that David and I had done where, like, we were about to uh, become roommates. We were... I had just moved back from London, Ontario into David's one bedroom apartment, was sleeping on the couch mm-hmm. and we had like a small television uh, and we decided that we were going to, for the week before moving into our actual house, we were going to go on an endurance test of watching as many like extreme films as we possibly could yeah. before we knew what the term extreme cinema was. And Grotesque was the last movie that we watched yeah. and I felt fucked after it took me two days to shake off the effects of i think the whole week but especially grotesque Mm -hmm. which is interesting now having watched it i absolutely did not think about i only thought about wanting to come talk about it yeah that's it yep well that brings up another like uh, another funny thing that like we've been talking about a little bit with like other people where it's like like i was not like if i had to watch any of these movies just in my home with like one of you guys not with with no purpose in watching it that i would i would probably wouldn't make it through most of them but because i know we have to talk about it on the podcast and like we have to think about what's happening in the movie that kind of like i'm like well no i'm doing this as like research like i have to watch i have to watch this man um put four nails in somebody's testicles because it's research <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah it's research for my job yeah yeah yeah, one yeah. day it's going to be the best one. It is our job. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And yeah. I, 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 like, like, our this, only job. this week, like the day, I, I would say, like, when, when I woke up the next day and I was, like, not affected by this movie at all and I started yep. to read about it a little bit, I kind of felt like a bit of, a, like, a big man. I kind of felt like a bit of a badass because <laughs> I was, like, not shaken by the testicles. You yeah. Know, just, like, nothing bothers me. I'm, I'm a badass. But honestly, like, during the movie, I did not feel like a badass. I was not, like, yeah. it was not easy to get through. I was, like, clutching at the chair oh, you, and man, I was drenched. You make the yeah. best tiny sounds the whole time. Yeah. I don't, yeah. Have we talked about this on the not podcast yet? Yeah, no, okay, the, I got to bring it up right now. Yeah, then. Yeah. <laughs> Sitting beside Danny watching these movies is the best. Yes. <laughs> the whole movie. Like, never a moment but when somebody's just sitting. Yeah. yeah. Danny's literally going... Mm. <laughs> uh, I, oh, oh. 
I do that when I'm eating too. Like if I really like something, I'm like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> when I'm eating, it's crazy. Like it's crazy. I like I'm sc- I'm scoring my own life. <laughs> that, that is exactly the sound that Danny makes. What David just did is like. <laughs> Can we have like another quick example of that? Because that was like I know it, and that I'm feeling the shame. I'm not feeling this. I'm not deeply feeling sexual satisfaction. I'm feeling deep shame. Oh man, ah. yeah, that's yeah. perfect. Yeah, okay. yeah. I'll start doing that uh, if you go on another uh, Henry. Yeah, like another hour long thing. I'm just gonna start making that sound. <laughs> I mean, ultimately, it didn't really stick with me. I thought about this movie uh, kind of similar to the way that I thought about uh, Breaking Her Will. Breaking Her Will made me think about, like, how am I going to fulfill my portion of next week's, like, episode? <laughs> yeah. So it triggers that, which I always find, like, really interesting about these things is, like, it's a, they're, they're a, you know, Breaking Her Will is, I guess, a little bit different because, like, the idea came, like, that was one of the few ones. It was, like, cutting moments where it's, like, I thought, you think of something yep. immediately. Yeah. Whereas grotesque wasn't like that. I thought about talking about the traditional term of the grotesque, which we'll talk about like very little, but I had to cycle through three different kind of ideas or like, oh, this one will actually stick. So I like these movies when we think about how do we think about them over the course of the week as a challenge to, to, to examine and, yeah. and like, yep. what, what are you possibly going to talk about to elucidate when so film. many of the so many of the themes overlap too, so trying yeah. to come up with something unique for each yeah, movie absolutely. and each week and what it explored yeah. how yeah, yeah and also, sure. also like like we, we, you've gotten into it a bit and I I know we're gonna keep getting into it but to, like a lot of the stuff in extreme cinema the extremity isn't just like the violence or like the the excessiveness in that regard it's it's the complete lack of what is normal in in a, in a like a regular film where it's like story yeah. narrative, like character development, like just having it be like a blank canvas of just straight violence is how it is extreme. It, it's, it's like plays a very important role in what's, what makes it extreme. Cause there are lots of horror movies that are like terribly violent, like, mm-hmm. like the hereditary we all just saw recently. Mm-hmm. That's not extreme cinema. Like that had a very good story Yeah, and that, that that's what separates it from extreme cinema. So it's hard to like, when, like when we go home, like when I watch, when I go home to do like research for the podcast, I'm not like thinking about what happened in the actual movie. I'm thinking about where it fits into the place that it came from yeah. and like who made it and how it got made and like any interesting facts. And they all have like buckets of weird, interesting, like, like, yeah. like little <clears throat> details, like about yeah. like the making of the movie. And that's my favorite part is just finding out the weird stuff. Same. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. That's like what we were saying before about, uh, Mm-hmm. Just even talking about breaking her will over and over, like mm-hmm. that it keeps coming up. That is a movie that I would never think about again if we weren't doing this. Yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So oh, it's yeah. interesting Absolutely. that it like it always Absolutely. comes up, and even saying Bill's deep and yeah. shit like that. It's yeah. like things have happened around that movie. Yeah. yeah, and and all of the ones we've watched, and some of them would be more. I feel like grotesque. At some point in my life, I would think about again. Yeah, or yeah. I'd be like, "Damn, I remember that." Yeah, for sure. Yeah. But already. 
breaking her will is like kind of disappearing from yeah. my yeah, mind. Oh yeah, that one's like was like truly a nothing movie. It's, yeah. yeah, it's interesting because the way that I think about grotesque again, and this is like this is also wild to say, but this is the third time I've watched grotesque. That's amazing. And uh, <laughs> the the reason being, it goes back to what David was talking about in uh, Henry, when it's like you know when you're watching it as a teenager, you would be like I watch it, and then I would re I would re re watch it, and also repurpose my viewpoint with my buddies to be yeah. like, yo, can you handle this? And that's what I did with grotesque. I did it with our very dear friend of the podcast who unfortunately can't be here. Kalen. So unfortunate, but yeah. Yeah. yeah I it was like see. the reason why I watched it again was to see like his reaction to it and, yeah. and, yep. and be, and wanting to watch it with him. <clears throat> yeah. So that, that would be a movie that stays in my cache of like, I could see myself doing it to my cousin, Rob being like, Oh yeah. Being like, yo, you want to get, you want to get, you want to go bills deep. Like I'm not going <laughs> to yeah. watch you breaking your will, yeah. but I'd be like, let's check out grotesque. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Whereas like breaking your will would not, make never. that list nope no, never yeah. no it wouldn't but the thing is like like even with movies like that like we're lending them a certain amount of like significance in our minds by talking about them for like three hours each well exactly that's yeah like, but that's even like saying uh i would love for certain people to watch cutting moments because it was actually brilliant yeah that's yeah. the one that i'm like like yeah. i would be stoked to show people because it's, yeah. it's awesome it's so yeah. good um i also want to briefly uh you you kind of breezed over it a little bit but um you said I went. I went Henry, in yeah. in the in the monologue, and it's like when somebody's talking for too long, we should <laughs> see it as like they're killing the podcast and therefore going on a killing spree, and that's go, go, going yeah. Henry. Yeah, going yeah. Henry Lee Lucas is, yeah. is talking for way too long. Yeah, yeah, you're on for a spree. sure. Yeah, you're on like a spree, spree. So killer. is it you've you've Henryed or you're Henrying? You're going full Henry. You're going full Henry. Okay, full Henry. Yeah. Yeah. A, full, a full Henry. You're doing okay. a full Henry. A full right. Henry. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I'm good with that. I love that. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, you're we've, got, we've got a, a full so Henry terms. and a Bills Deep right now. Yeah. 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 Don't, there will be some bonus content to bring all of our listeners. And if you're coming yeah. in at this point, there will be some bonus content where you can check out a, a, a glossary of terms for the, the things that we've coined. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, yeah, anything that, that sucks is obviously a Palumbo. Yes, for yeah. sure. Yeah. Yeah. A real Palumbo. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or like, Maybe like whatever it is, set pieces. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, that was a real that, blank set pieces. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, I guess we're all in agreement that it's like it triggers certain ways in which we think about it, but not in a way that we're affected by it. Yeah, yeah right? on a totally like still in the how did I feel this week about this? Mm-hmm. Uh, I've been finding like listening or like watching these films together and then listening to true crime podcasts always. Yeah. That's, we were talking earlier today and like, uh, Danny was mentioning you haven't like watched anything outside of these movies in a while because life gets in the way. Mm -hmm. And then you, you watch or listen to something else and you're super affected by it because it's sad or like it's well-written or like, you know, the music's beautiful. Like it's just so different or from what we've done. Shit. Yeah. Or yeah, exactly. The director's yeah. good. Yeah. yeah. You know, anything like that. But uh, yeah, listening to the true crime is what's been fucking me up. I think in conjunction with the visuals we've been watching. Right. For no reason, I will be laying in bed and I'll just picture people running up the stairs at me. <laughs> Oh. That's what I see every night. Yeah, that's it. That is awful. Yeah. That's I'm terrifying. gonna see that from now on. That's a Dude. bummer. And I just yeah. saw it. Yeah, it's, it's always it's as, yeah. it's yeah. as yeah. soon as I get in bed yeah. and everything's off, and I'm like, nice. Like, yeah, it's been a long day. Yeah, yeah. 
tons of people running up the stairs. Oh coming, my god! Oh, coming to do whatever. Why, the reason why I just had like <laughs> a, to do whatever. What, for yeah, sure. I had a body reaction to it because I lived in that house. <laughs> I don't I know, know what that those, house looks like, but I can steps. imagine those steps. Are they I know wood? the stairs. Yeah, yeah, they're wood. Yeah, steps. when I'm in your room, I know. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what it would be. Like, fuck, that's awful. It's it is. Sorry, guys. It's weird though that there's like a cross pollination of like these these attempted trigger movies that we're watching to make you feel something, and then you you get halfway or like maybe like a third of the way there and then the true crime thing just is like the, it populates what's yeah missing. well then you're like oh this is actually happening yeah and the truth it's actually happening yeah, yeah. That's, well that's it though because it's like because i'm like in order to get through the movies i'm like kind of desensitizing myself a little bit to what's happening just reminding myself like that this is just a movie and then like what i've noticed when i listen to true crime stuff is like i'll kind of be like breezing over it and not hearing it and i'll catch myself and i'll be like no this is real and then it'll click i'm like this is real and mm-hmm. i'll be like Oh, like it's so uh, yeah. bad. It's so it's like bad. People actually do stuff. <laughs> yeah, it's, having the, do. it's having the opposite effect on me. I'm just like thinking everything's one shitty movie. Well, no, but I'm like, I, I'm <laughs> no, catching. I'm gonna, yeah. I love that. Yeah. I, I was also briefly going to say that I, I've been watching uh, Glow, like the gorgeous ladies of wrestling on, on Netflix. And I, I just crushed the second season uh, with my girlfriend. Like we watched the last three episodes yesterday and I cried like five times in one episode mm-hmm. just because I haven't watched anything that isn't ho- like horror or true crime. Like I, everything I've been consuming has been like dark. And because it was like, there was like some things that were just plain sad with no murder. Involved. For sure. I just started gushing. Yeah. I just started bawling. When we, uh, when we were talking about man shit in yeah. that one episode, I started thinking about uh, watching the UFC when Machida beat Belfort mm-hmm. very recently. So we'd yeah. already started the podcast when that fight happened too. Yeah. And <laughs> Machida like front kicks, knocks him out, right? And this is Belfort's last fight ever. Yeah, I know where this and is going. And Machida like <laughs> kneels instead of like celebrating at all. He just kneels in front of him and waits. And he's just like looking like so chill and like so respectfully. I'm like, I was fucking tearing up. It's like that's man shit. That's to me. man I was like, shit. God man damn it. That man that's man shit. Yeah. Man shit. But again, it's like yeah. Yeah, you get affected by these movies being like, uh, whatever. And then I <laughs> yeah. see that and I'm like, that's real, man. He fucking kicked his head off. That, it's very real. Yeah. He's just like, I love you. I got to kneel and yeah. respect. <laughs> ah, yeah. That's man shit, dude. It gets me. You what, caught man. some hard man shit I did. on that one. Well, on the topic of man shit, I believe that one of the ways in which I explain, or we all explain man shit, my con- contribution to it was I was talking about my dad. Yep. I happened to play that section for my dad. Okay. And he confirmed it. He's like, yes. He's like, that is man shit. (laughs) Yeah. 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 That's amazing. That's so much fun. Yeah. And I was like, it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's like, that's. Yeah, that's oh. that's the way that he like confirms that he's proud of you and, yeah. you, and like you accept you're like yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah a lot of that you make a Danny watching a movie sound yeah uh. um, uh. all right any last bits on on feelings in general <laughs> as we move just to generalize feelings now yeah uh, no. all right well, let's get into the fact checking. And general movie stuff. What have we what have we dug up? I have it seems David and Danny have done some work in this and I'm very stoked for it because I got nothing. That's cool. For it. So I'm gonna I'm gonna start just real quick because this I, I meant to kind of throw it in the take backs and it was about the decapitated head. Yeah, hit it. So yes. now in the fact checking and whatever. So I said <laughs> I really liked how direct my delivery was i was like yeah head stays alive for 12 seconds yes yeah everybody it's 12 seconds you morons uh 
It's not at all. It's five or six. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's which like is still long as so balls to me. Yeah. yeah. It's so long. Yeah. Long as balls. <laughs> yeah. 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 So yeah. So I did a little research, and this one clip it here. I have to read the whole thing because yeah, it, hit it blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I basically I googled how long do heads stay alive after they're decapitated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And this was the best one. Not only is it possible, but it's medically proven. Debate on the subject raged ever since Charlotte Corday, the assassin of Jean-Paul Marat, was guillotined in 1793. The executioner's assistant, Francois Legros, lifted her head by the hair and slapped it on both cheeks. Eyewitnesses reported that the face took on an angry expression and the cheeks visibly flushed. Okay. The debate was then started. If guillotining didn't produce instant death, then it wasn't a quick and merciful end, as promised by the post-Enlightenment revolutionaries. So, in 1794, German surgeon D.S.T. Summering argued in the Parisian newspaper that consciousness of feeling may persist in a severed head even if blood circulation is terminated, partial or weak. The head's strongest sensation would be the afterpain felt in the neck. Oh, oh like my that. God. So, French doctors argued that he was confusing nervous spasms with sensory perceptions and voluntary motion. Okay. Fair enough. You'd, right. you'd yeah. think that, right? Like, yeah, I could see yeah. that. It's like a chicken with its head cut off when yeah. people say, like, oh, the body runs around. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so then little research was conducted on the subject. However, until the turn of the 20th century, when another French doctor, Borio, was permitted to take an investigation of a severed head of a criminal called Langui right. immediately after guillotining him. Okay. Yeah. Just so crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is a fucked yeah, up This experiment. is the wild, is wild west. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Here is what I was able to note immediately after the decapitation. The eyelids and lips of the decapitated man worked in irregularly rhythmic contractions for about four or six seconds. I waited several seconds longer. The spasmatic contract or spasmatic movement ceased. The face relaxed, the lids half closed in the eyeballs, leaving only the white of the conjunctiva visible, exactly as in the dying whom we have occasion to see every day. It was then that I called in a strong, sharp voice, Langi! I then saw the eyelids slowly lift up without any spasmatic contraction. I insist advisedly on this particularity. But with an even movement quite distinct and normal, such as happens in everyday life with people awakened or torn from their thoughts. That's crazy. So this severed head like slowly, Woke normally up. lifted its eyes up to yeah. look at him. That's when he called his name to this decapitated head. Yeah. Uh, next, his eyes very definitely fixed themselves on mine and the pupils focus themselves. Yeah. I was not then dealing with a vague dull look without any expression that can be observed any day in dying people to whom one speaks. I was dealing with undeniably living eyes, which were looking at me by 1956. So hundreds of years later, further research had proved in the words of governmental advisors that death by decapitation is not instantaneous Every vital element survives. It is a savage vivisection followed by a premature burial. 
the French government abolished execution by decapitation in 1977 for that reason. Whoa, Whoa that's crazy. What, man, there's that's so cool. many things in there. It is so heavy, and I'm sorry that it's long. I no, almost went Henry okay, on that, but no, you didn't go Henry. That, that was... whole thing, I was like, Jesus Christ. Yeah, calling a man's name to his decapitated head and having it look, and yeah. then as a doctor watching the fucking pupils focus. Yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, that's yeah. a hot one, man. Yeah, no. that's that's wild. But what's also wild to me is that these like uh what was it? Like post-enlightenment thinkers thinking that this is like that there was a council of these people who were like thinking about the most humane way to kill someone and thinking it was like the guillotine. That's pretty wild too. Yeah. 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 They like, probably though thought like if you severed the vinyl or the spinal cord yeah. that it would like that would just be lights yeah, off. Yeah. yeah, that's that's kind of like I mean, I thought that until you brought this up. So Yeah. But I think you have to kill the brain. Yeah, you do have to, to for yeah. it to be instant. So it's zombies. Like you have yeah. to treat you gotta have that like, like zombie. The yeah. no country cow punch. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. It's crazy though because like this is a this is going to digress from the this for a second but it's like people have been thinking about governments have been thinking about the most humane way to kill or execute prisoners mm-hmm. for a while so like you go from a guillotine being like not the best way to do it to an electric chair like that's pretty wild like, <laughs> yeah, yeah the electric like, for well, sure it's the, electric well, chair. the thing is like I think that the electric chair had been around for a while because what you said was that they abolished death by guillotine in 1977 when was the yeah. last guillotining that's what's crazy it must have been close to then well yeah, like, may, like maybe maybe up. not but like it, it might just be like like a thing that's been out of practice because like the electric chair i'm pretty sure is legal in like a couple of states still and i don't think that's they've so used fucked. it in like 20 years right yeah like it's it's just not a thing that which is a hot take i actually don't know that i'm just i think i think i'm if that's true that. that's interesting because it would be the same thing as the guillotine in 1977 because it's an institutional threat like it's a scary thing yeah we have it it's something that you would in case it, it, it's a deterrent yeah. it's a hopeful deterrent yeah which is pretty wild but fuck yeah that description about shouting out the name like langy's name like that is nuts yeah it blew my mind i fucking hate french people <laughs> It is on the cast right. again. There it is. All right. There it is. I so actually it, it, don't. <laughs> I mean, yeah. I just like I like that this this slant. It's Italians that I hate. <laughs> um, sorry. Go ahead. Um, it looks like it was in 1939, but that was a public execution by yeah. guillotine. Yeah. Because otherwise, if you just look up when the last death was, it says the 10th of September, 1977. But then that's just when it was made. Oh, no. Yeah. Sorry. The 10th of September, 1977. That's Was that a public one? But yeah. I like the idea that they did. They fit one in on the last day. Like it's like yeah. we're, like it expires today. We got to get yeah. somebody. Oh, yeah. Boys. Yeah. <laughs> Tapping their watches. Yeah. Well, get to we it. Better use it. Yeah. It's here. Yeah. There you go. So that's it. That's, that's what pretty I wild. Yeah, that's wild. <laughs> that's a good fact check. That's awesome. That's a really that's, that's good, a good fact, fact check. check. That's a great you, like, fact nailed check. That. Thanks, yeah, guys. That's a great fact check. Um, so we're all in agreement that it's not the thirty-six seconds that. <laughs> no, <laughs> yes, no. it still that doesn't our director make, affords uh, totally. But yeah. one of the things that I did wonder when, even when we were talking about it in the the last podcast, was uh, whether or not you'd actually be able to bite. And now yeah. I think you would be able to. Well. 
like no, because what you said in the last one was like, does does the spine need to be involved? Yeah, like is if there's but to I be don't an think anchor? it does based on him saying like your eyes still move, your eyelids move, and the other people saying that the woman's face took on an angry expression. Yeah, but your she was slapped. Your jaw mm-hmm. would need more leverage, though. I would imagine like it's it's like it's actually yeah, I don't like think you could like bite a thing. Like, yeah, yeah, it's you just, could even knowing that it's be like a gentle gnawing. Yeah, yeah, a gumming, like which is worse than I'd rather get a bite than a gum yeah it's more uh texas chainsaw massacre the grandpa yeah okay so here's a question here's a, i'm gonna <laughs> just gumming? i'm gonna qualify this question that danny just posed or your answer to yeah. so would you rather get like a bite that will tear a piece of your flesh out or a gumming from a severed head where like a bite from neck, a human yeah well, I'll, take a, human. I'll take a gumming yeah I don't. I'll take a gummy too. I yeah, I like get gummed hurt. for sure. Like yeah, yeah. I get gummed. Yeah. 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 I love the. I love the idea of like watching you get gummed though. Like yeah, we're like, all just sitting there, and you're like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're gumming you. <laughs> it's not good, guys. It's not good. This is bad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, take so the bite. <laughs> I got some. I, I did a little bit of uh, checking in on some. Uh, well, first of all, I got some stuff on the director. All right. Our beautiful baby boy, uh, Koji Shiraishi. Uh, he wrote and directed the movie, yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and we we discussed like w- like uh, we kind of like I had asked whether or not he was a sadistic person, and uh, we talked a little bit in private about s- sadism and what it what it actually means to be sadistic. So I don't think he is sadistic. We'll get we're gonna get into that later on, but. Uh, I think that there was some interesting stuff on him that I read that was like really important, but I just want to give a little backstory on him. So he grew up watching um, his favorite movies were Jaws, Ghostbuster, Terminator, and, and the Terminator, and he Sick. he like particularly appreciated like the occult elements of those movies, which is kind of cool. Uh, and then, so he tried to get into film. He like really wanted to get into the the genre of horror, but he couldn't really do that. So he started making money shooting, uh, what are called Shinrei videos, which are like Japanese ghost hunting videos that I think are like real. Like it's like they go ghost hunt, like the TV show ghost hunters or whatever, but it's like, he got paid big, like that's how it was his job for a little while. And that's where he honed his uh, cinematography skills. And then he developed his reputation as like an occult expert in film. And he kind of got to like, um, he got to like work that out a little bit by working on other directors' films as a cinematographer uh, before he got into making uh, Noroi and that kind of stuff. And like his signature style is making occult mockumentaries. Like that's what he does the best. The reason that he made this movie is crazy. Uh, it, like it actually wasn't his idea. Like he prefers to make occult kind of like whatever. Mm-hmm. He made this movie because the producers, he just makes whatever the producers ask him to at this point in, in his career when Grotesque came out. So he wasn't like a big name or like a big deal in any way. He didn't have the freedom to make whatever he wanted. He was at the mercy of like, the producers for the production companies that he worked for at the time. Mm -hmm. And they said, we want you to make something so violent. It couldn't be seen in theaters. So he uh, said he, he went all out intentionally. So he just made the most shocking movie possible and he did write it, but it wasn't, like he he did it with the intention of yeah like it, this wasn't like like a dream project for him to make this like super he fucked was commissioned up. to do it he yeah. was commissioned to make the most fucked up movie it wasn't yeah. his idea yeah I want to pause there for a second if we can yeah uh, do you have any more uh, uh, to shore up that particular point it's crazy well, that he made yeah. Neroy before grotesque yeah. Yeah. by yeah. years yeah because that point, movie yeah. is dope yeah. yeah not the point on the on the director we'll, we can finish that up for sure no. but on the fact he was commissioned do you have yeah. anything else on that yeah I do so yeah, yeah go ahead and that and then we'll stop yeah. so I was saying that if like something that I think I, we, we 
we talked about this a little bit. Like, if the director isn't trying to shock us from his own desire to to do so, are we to blame for seeking out this content? So who's mm. accountable for this? Yeah. Because if the production company only wants it made because it's popular, and the director only wants to make it because it, he's been commissioned to do that by the producers, then we are to blame because we're the ones who want to watch it or are watching it. Like we're we're the demand. Yeah, driving supply the supply. Yeah. Yeah. So it's for me, it's kind of like it's like that answers a question that f- was really important to me going into this podcast. Like, why are these movies made, and and who wa- and and are they really that popular? And the answers are they are made because they are so popular, and I am now participating in that. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is interesting to me. And yeah. hopefully, yeah. more people will because they'll listen to us. Yeah. yeah. Um, I have a question. <laughs> We're that's the like, producers. I have a question that's similar to that. Yeah. So we all, I don't know. Did we, I'm not sure if we did it with grotesque. Did we answer art? Oh, we didn't. We didn't answer. All right, let's do that right now. Yeah. Art or not, not art. Art. I think so too. Yeah. I'm going to say art. Yeah. Yeah. I'll say art. Like, like, cause, because uh, what, and which I, is hilarious now knowing even what you just said, well, which would question, which would I have a, say, I have a big question. no, yeah. not yeah. art. Yes. That's my, okay. My question then is, is the, the fact that it was commissioned and this is already, I guess David's already answered it really is, does that devalue, uh, like would, would, if you were like, would that upset, uh, a Bilzebub who's setting out yeah. to like make art probably well i i think the like or a palumbo if oh, yeah. we're to believe palumbo. yeah 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 because yeah, well, that puts it at least on like a similar budget yeah right but it, but palumbo did it all himself mm-hmm. allegedly right like they're like, not yeah. doing it to they're not doing it to sh- they're doing they're, they're trying to create shock but they're not trying to shock you they're essentially trying to create dollars via shock whereas like Maybe I'm putting words into Palumbo's mouth. Well, we mouth. streamed it. Yeah. <laughs> sure, yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No dollars no for dollars. you. No dollars. But would Palumbo want money second? You know what I mean? Well, you know, I do. I do. It's, it's like, is he? does he want to be recognized for making this shocking art yeah. over over commercial success? Yeah. And does does the commercial success, would that, someone who wants artistic merit, would, would that undercut what they're trying to do? I would say less so with, with uh, Palumbo because he did all that bullshit, like, like hokey, like creating like uh folklore around his movie like in the release like about how the cops came and all that stuff that yeah. you, you discovered was was completely started by him yeah and that's an attempt to to make your movie more popular whether or not that's like because i want more people to see my movie so i can confirm that i'm a genius or not like i don't know but mm. I, I think that he just wanted more people to watch his movie not necessarily because he wanted to be super rich but i think that those two things are like hard to like separate in certain people right like you mm. can't just say like i think with Bill's above, you can confidently say that he doesn't care if people watch his movies. Right. Like he just wants to make them. He's well, maybe not though, because he recalled yeah. that, that worst, uh, scariest movie ever made. I think he did it because he wasn't proud of it. But then he still cares about what people think about it. Well, I think he, I think that he, he cares about what he thinks about it. Oh, okay. I think it's it's the only movie he's ever made that he wasn't proud of. Oh, I see. Do we know okay. where he's from? Jersey. Jersey. Bill's so above. yeah, the other thing I'm wondering is like, I'm, I'm going to have a trouble tying these together, but like the guys that put on backyard wrestling, yes. yeah. that's like super legit where people yeah. are bleeding all over the place and it's f- fucking crazy. Yeah. And that's like, they don't make a lot of money doing it, no. but they make enough money to do the next one. Yes. And that's all they need. Yeah. Right. And it's like, that's so awesome mm-hmm. to them. It's like them versus 
the WWE or WWF, like where there's so much money involved and it's like just for the spectacular ridiculous create such a machine that you have to drive dollars or it's going to go bankrupt exactly yeah that's that's where i'm wondering if it's like if it's that yeah is is bill just being like no like people actually do buy my movies and then i make another one Mm -hmm. i think well i think that's that's what it is like i I think that he he's like he's content with a cult following but he's like but he's still doing it maybe not for the money but the money in terms of of what he's doing is so that he can just continue to do it, he which needs, is he the needs, same. He needs to be concerned about the money to, in order to make the art that he wants to make. Yeah. Like, I, I think that he only is concerned with, with, uh, with popularity in so far as it allows him to keep doing what he wants to do. Yeah. Right. But I, I wouldn't say that that's the same thing as like trying to become known for making this film. Like, I don't think that he wants the notoriety. I think he's content with just making it and having some people see it and like, like it or not like it. Yeah. Whereas We'd with, have to ask him. Yeah. But, to bring like, him on. I, like I'm seeing him as the, <laughs> bring him on. Yeah. I'm, I'm seeing Call him. him. Yeah. Zabub. Would Call you rather Zabub. have Zabub, Palumbo or Buck on the show? Oh, that's a good question. Buck. Buck. Of Buck, course, yeah, Buck. Buck. For sure. Let's but get mine like Buck, like Buck might just be like too smart and not interesting to talk to. Like he might well, just be like, yeah, I made that movie. I would, yeah. If I, yeah. If we think this all the way through, I think we should have all three of them on. Yeah. yeah. At the same really? time. Yeah. Um, I have a Go ahead, of, boys. Yeah. I have another question regarding this. Yeah. And it might be a difficult question to ask and to answer. So no pressure. Um, mm. But if we think about genre for a second, like creating a genre of like extreme cinema, uh, like torture porn, whatever, yeah. right? And I'm not saying that this film did it. I'm just thinking about the way in which it can be con- like crystallized. Do you think that the artist makes the genre or the company that identifies X, Y, and Z characteristics about what other people are doing and then say, I want you to make this movie? this type of movie. I want you to make the most shocking thing possible. What contributes to like creating a genre? Okay. Well, so, um, I, I, I have, I have an answer to that with, with in the context of Japanese cinema, but okay. I, I'm going to get into that. You got any take minute. on that before that then, David? Um, so like the way I'm trying to ask it is like, are artists trying to consciously create a genre or no. is it, does it take a third perspective to say, this is the genre? Yeah. I mean, I think we run into that musically all the time where yeah. like, any band you ask like oh like what do you guys play mm-hmm. no one's gonna be like we're a rock band mm-hmm. yeah at least in like what we listen to right yeah. like no one's gonna be like oh yeah it's a it's hip-hop mm-hmm. yeah it's like people well actually hip-hop's one that kind of stays if yeah. you're like real yeah hip-hop it's what's like, with hip-hop it's funny because it's the exact opposite where it's like somebody's like it's like all synthesizers and some guy like like whining into like, a, like an auto-tune machine and it sounds so far away from like Wu-Tang or something yeah and yeah. then like it's like what kind of, like how would you describe your style of rap music like what are you talking about it's rap music yeah <laughs> it's like i just it's make hip-hop. rap music and yeah. make hip-hop <laughs> yeah but in uh yeah rock music specifically it's like oh are you guys a hardcore band they're like yeah. no yeah mm-hmm. it's post thrash metal yeah because yeah. you what? don't want to be you don't want to seem derivative of something else exactly you seem so like you're original yeah and in that case like i don't even know that the band is making it it's like the the collective that here's the music. So in this case, I think it's the collective that sees the film kind of yeah. makes it a thing. That so, way in which the producers yeah. confirm it. It's one, like- one thing in looking into this movie was the difference and these are hilarious terms, but, uh, Gorn and Gornography. Okay. 
Like Gorn? Like yeah. Gore? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Gorn so, is amazing. So Gorn, Gorn is a crazy yeah. word. It's, it's so disgusting. It was crazy to read and oh, so man. hard to say. <laughs> Gorn makes me feel like, fuck, what did it, what was said before that popped me off? You said it. Uh, fuck. I, it'll come back to me. I'm going to yell it out <laughs> okay. with no context. It's just true. Yeah. 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 Excited, yeah. When it comes, just I'm don't hesitate. Just don't hold it. back. Yeah. 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 So, so reading those things, Gorn, as in the way that people have, uh, have termed it yeah is uh where no actual sex is shown okay but like it's implied obviously okay. so like so this film is a gorn film because like yeah. nothing is shown it's not like explicit it's not hardcore no like though you hear the sounds and you see like some of the the fluids and things there's nothing like crazy mm -hmm. yeah but then there is another genre that's called gornography okay that's like bloody full-on hardcore pornography that's fucking crazy. Yeah. Is that different than a snuff film? Well, it's not like they're not actually being murdered. Oh, I see. It's like still a film. Right. But it's like, it, I imagine it being like murder set pieces, except you see like straight up intercourse. Do, do, okay, oh, shit. Does, okay, this, yeah. does this, does it seem like the intention behind gornography is to make like movie for people's like sexual enjoyment or for just entertainment? I have no idea. I feel like, like that's, that's that's really important to me, and I think that that's an important thing. Well, now you got a new term to Google, my friend. Gorn I'm going to be spending it, yeah. a lot I of time googling pornography. If you were a gornographer, yeah, uh, would you care? No, because you want both. You want, <laughs> yeah, you want both. <laughs> yeah, you want both. You want both. Gorns above. Yeah. yeah. Oh God. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, but no, no, but I mean, like, I could see it being. See, the problem with us talking yeah. about this is mm. like, I would think it's hilarious yeah. if we wanted to do that. Yeah, if we were like, yo, guys, we should direct a gornographic film. <laughs> yeah, that's no, so funny to me that I'd be like, let's make it as gory as possible and as like ridiculously hardcore. But, but what I'm asking yeah. is this: there's there's a line between movies that are intended to be for your like 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 pornography and like films that contain pornographic material like like have you ever watched like an actual porn movie with another guy it's the only way i watch it i i yeah 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 only with other men yeah yeah no like like i actually have and i remember this vividly because <laughs> okay, it was yeah. fucking brutal mm -hmm. like i was like 16 and my weirdest worst like like classic rock like loving buddy from high school dave was like we were out getting drunk and like he was like oh porn store let's walk in and get some porn and he like went in and picked out something called double d delta force that Sick, was just yo. straight like weird like world police like 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 joke Sick. porn double d delta force is crazy awesome yeah and then we like we were like went home it was me and him like a couple other dudes and we were like drinking and we went back to his place and we were like hanging out and it was, I remember he put it on and we were like, you're actually going to put this on right now? And he was like, yeah. And we just watched it for like five minutes. And I was like, turn it off. <laughs> yeah. He went downstairs by himself for a while. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I never, ever, ever want to do that again. Yeah. Kay. And I could watch Red Shoe Diaries with you guys and mm -hmm. we could joke about it and it wouldn't be that big of a deal. Mm -hmm. And Red Shoe Diaries is intended to have pornographic material, but that's not its only expressed purpose. Mm -hmm. So what I'm asking is, does gornography, would, if we tried to watch gornography together, would we all be like, let's not do this? Or would we be able to like see it? Is, is there... Is there so 
I would have to explain one story. Yeah. To to have my answer proper. I got my answer now. Okay, lay it on. <laughs> Go my ahead. My answer is this. I could probably watch gornography before I could watch pornography with but, you. But what I'm saying yeah. is, is gornography designed to make people ejaculate no but I, i'm i'm going with, that would i'm matter. going with the assumption of yes so i'm i'm gonna go in with the assumption that both pornography and gornography yep. ultimately want to make you ejaculate yeah and i'm going to say that i could watch gornography before i could watch pornography okay because there's a secondary thing distracting you from there's, the obvious elephant in the room that's that, why i that said dave wants to watch porn with his buddies yes because <laughs> yeah. truly Not like dave that's why i Partridge, said dave yeah. hey, i'll, I'll watch Parker. it too <laughs> you did it. and it's weird how close the same as you i called yeah. you out dave you okay fucking <laughs> so pervert i was yeah. just gonna say when uh when I was growing up in high school, yeah, uh, my family had a satellite dish that had a stolen signal, so we got Ooh. every channel Hell all the yeah, time. Yeah. Which is how Pappy and I actually got like super into fighting. Yes, was, fighting. Yeah, yeah, because we got them for free every yeah. time. It was sick. It was so sick. That's yeah. amazing. So he would always come over, but so every porn channel was unlocked all the time. Yeah. So it became a hilarious joke that anytime there were girls at my house, yeah. Somebody would inevitably turn it on when all the girls were in the room because it was always ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I thought it was so funny yeah. because I'm like, I truly don't watch porn. I'd like, I get nothing from it. Yeah. But that was so funny to me every time that like, that's my history with it is I'm like, man, it's so fun yeah mm -hmm. it's so fun in a group setting where mm -hmm. it's like most people are like eh, oh mm -hmm. no but i feel like that's because you don't watch porn right like if but you did if you did <laughs> there's a shame thing in, associated with it where it's like i know what this is for and you're like or but for so, you it's not for that mm -hmm, so it's yeah. like you're not getting that same shame that i got that some for some reason because dave clearly watches my friend dave from high school <laughs> dave parker dave parker yeah not partridge parker <laughs> yeah. yeah clearly does does watch porn and is willing like so much so that he doesn't get why it would be weird to watch it with his friends For in the sure. room um but like yeah like it's it's just like it's those two things are like a different experience right yeah and like i think that there's a clear line like i'm sure if pappy and i were to try to watch like a fucking hardcore porn movie together. Invite me over. Yeah. Oh yeah. But I think so we I can would, laugh. We would both be like like hands on our knees quietly like like not looking over at each other like time for this to go off mm -hmm. like yeah. immediately like yeah. like I think we would get not even one minute into it. I have, you and I watch pornographies together. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah I have sure. to I have to tell one more brief story. I'm <laughs> yeah. so sorry. This, yeah. this is turning into like story time, but yeah. this one is for Danny. Hit me. Uh, so when I lived in China, cause this ties everything together mm -hmm. right now, cause oh, yeah. I think you know this story already. Mm -hmm. I'm sure I do. Yeah. Uh, a buddy of mine, Ryan and I were taking a bus trip up like all the way to the North of the country. We we're like on the border of Mongolia. Yeah. And this was like a 30 hour bus ride <laughs> and this bus ride, we were on a short bus and you always have two drivers. That's how it works there where there's yeah. like one person that drives and another guy who like sleeps and then they switch. So you're like, there's no downtime. You drive the whole time. So these dudes pull over in this town mm -hmm. and they like ask, like, do you need anything from the store? Like, no, come back in, but he's got a bunch of porn. Okay. <laughs> like, like DVDs. Mm -hmm. So he then puts the porn on the TVs on the bus because Ryan and I are the only two people on the bus. We're, that's it. There's yeah. two foreigners and then these two dudes watching porn. And <laughs> he, he literally kept turning around being like, eh, 
with his thumb up, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we're like, no, <laughs> this is fucking weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's weird. like, yeah. Like, no, this is so fucked. And Ryan was starting to bug out. Ryan is like the most, he's such like a fragile dude. And like, yeah. So this is where the, this is the, the turn, the plot turn. Yeah. We, we drive out of this town and the fucking porn is still on and like, they will not turn it off. And now yeah. we're like hostages on the bus because we also can't just grab another one to the middle of nowhere. Like we don't know anywhere that we are. Yeah. And this bus goes to where we need to go. So while this porn is playing, we just drive out of the, uh, the town. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a smashed up car that the driver had been ejected through the windshield of and was laying after like a torpedo skid of blood on the road. So there was just (laughs) this dead body on the road and the fucking driver stopped to like peep it out the window. Well, there's just porn going yeah. on the bus <laughs> yeah. yeah this is why you don't not like porn doesn't do anything for you this is nothing why. This, this is, is why. <laughs> yeah. this is why that was yeah. my experience holy shit yeah, yeah. okay yeah. man yeah dead body blood porn on the bus trapped ryan bugged out he like ran off the bus he's like that's I have to truly fucking get out of one of the best stories i've ever heard in my entire life that was <laughs> there you go i did not see where that was going no. yeah one, for one second you we really didn't good either at telling stories you have like you you know what's worth telling and that's what <laughs> it is <dude. laughs> yeah that's that's it that's Hell porn yeah. to me hilarious right. as a kid terrifying as an adult yeah right man i don't think we're getting past that on this point <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I found an, an article um, in, a, in the, the, like, I couldn't find very much of anything on the director, but I found an article on grotesque, like an interview with uh, Koji Shiraishi. Uh, and, you know, he just kind of talks about the basic stuff. One of the, some of the things that I found interesting is that they go into like a debate over the role that Gorn Splatter f- films play in the broad uh, context of Japanese cinema, which is something that I'll get into later, but I think that something that I want to give some props to Japan for is like being open to everything. Like they're they, like for a, a, a culture that is um, like, you know, like we're, we're sort of guessing at is like, so uh, like wrapped up in shame. They don't shame people for shit, for the shit that they like. There's no shame involved, which is wicked. Like they're just like, yeah, you want to watch torture porn legitimate genre. Now you can buy it at the store. Like, it's just like, they're just like, why would I make you feel bad about what you like? Which is awesome, I think, in my mind. Like, like yeah. not necessarily just in terms of that, but that's where, like, that's why tentacle porn exists. Because it's like, man, if that's what makes you hot, do it. Like, it's, <laughs> it, which is wicked. Um, but anyways, they... Uh, some like like Japanese directors kind of have some problems with it, and so some critics, like, aside from the obvious, like, oh, it's, like, too gory, whatever. Um, I got a quote from a guy named Akira Yamaguchi, who was, like, a he was like a director in a film festival that had his, like, legitimate movie played side-by-side with... Uh, uh, oh, man. Yeah. Whatever. Oh, Sick. man. That's it's crazy. Not, it's, it's not crazy, but he just says... It's, he just gets into it, and he says, uh, comedies and dramas are very reflective of the culture in uh, Japan, so it's difficult to make something that will resonate across the world. Uh, with horror and splatter, that visual component plays a very important role, so it's a form of entertainment that's easy to understand, which I think was, like, a jab 
at 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 Shirayushi for making this movie. It's like super shocking. Yeah, but it's super chill too. He's like, eh. Yeah, but it's mm. like he's just saying that. Yeah, it's like it's like you can make so the reason that it's it, it's exploding within Japan is that they're willing to make it. Mm-hmm. Number one and number two that it's it's it has a one, world stage. Yeah, and it's the one thing that isn't cultural about Japan. Yeah, like it's a thing that you people you can understand without understanding all of the nuances of Japanese culture, which is very nuanced. Yep. Um, cool. And some other critics of the, the 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 of like those types of films say that they're exposed to a larger audience due to their increasing notoriety, but uh, the like better films that exist within that framework that are like at, were, like you know that aren't exp- using gore as like a, a calling card basically or like getting like shoved by the wayside, which is whatever. Um, Shiri Ishii uh, had a couple cool notes that I, I I took on like what he had to say about it. He said that he doesn't feel that the censorship of his movie is necessary. Uh, because for the reason that like we're talking about, uh, we'll get into it a little bit with an interview that we're going to do later on in the season. But it's like if people are going to commit a murder or violent act, it's their responsibility, and it has nothing to do with the art that they consume. And people who make that art art aren't capable of doing the things that are are, are contained within that art. Um, and he said that he didn't punish the antagonist in the film because there's no need to do that in movies as there is in society. So the choice to let the guy get away at the end was just because you don't have to in movies. So why mm, would that's I? Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not about whether or not you should for any moral <clears throat> reasons as the viewer. Where it's like, how dare you let this guy get away with it? Right. Because it's just a fucking movie. Right. Yep. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and he also said that, uh, like, uh, of the killer in the movie, uh, Japan is a peaceful society and uh, peace creates boredom and ennui. And his killer is resisting that feeling by killing people. I don't know if that's accurate. Yeah, that's that that's what he said about the guy that he wrote. That's, that's fucking, a hot take. That seems, yeah, I feel like, yeah, he. Well, moves. I mean, I feel like it's like we don't. That's that's the one thing that we don't understand about Japan as viewers of this film. I'm not saying that boredom might whatever or peace is the thing that guides their life, whatever. I'm just, I'm I'm accepting that as true. Yeah. What I'm not accepting is that's the thing that governed the the, the protagonist in this movie. But but this is from the guy who wrote the character. Yeah, I don't I don't care. I like this is this <laughs> is this, this is going back to intentional fallacy. Like yeah. I actually don't give a shit because then he's not a sadist, or unless boredom turn him into a sadist. Like that's that's there's not you can't be bored and be like I'm just bored. I'm going to do this to, because sadism. We can just get into it like now really quickly because I don't have a lot for it later. We're going to get into it like heavy in another particular movie yeah. that we'll inevitably watch for this series or our show. But sadism is motivated by a specific drive in which you only get derived sexual pleasure from pain or embarrassment of somebody that you're torturing. So, like, boredom for sure could lead to that. But to Mm. say, like, he's just bored with it or whenever it's, like, something to do, he says, I need the sexual satisfaction. So unless he's bored with regular sex... yeah. I just don't accept. Well, that. hold on. Here's the, so I can challenge that in a way. I, I'm not going to get into it too much because I'm going to butcher this, but we'll come back to this in a later episode. Yeah. Uh, when I almost joined a cult two months ago. Yeah. <laughs> I was Did at a start? cult. I was at a cult meeting. Yeah, I know that, the story. Yeah. Yeah. That had that had uh, like a projector with a lot of like like scientific facts that they used to back up, giving them lots and lots of money, which I almost did. Um, but one of those things that they they had like like it, it was all about uh like it was like it was about meditation and like how like what like what meditation can do for your brain but there was like a p- very particularly branded meditation but they showed this chart to me that I was like yeah and it was like um it's like where it was like a, it was like a chart from like like reactions 
in your brain. Like if you're depressed, you will feel bored. And then the unhealthy reaction to boredom is arousal. Mm -hmm. Like it's like if you are bored and you are not feeling depressed, your healthy reaction is to create something or do something productive. Mm -hmm. And if you're feeling depressed, it, it is like rather than you taking responsibility for that feeling and doing something to change it, you're relying on your body's physicality by feeling sexually aroused. And like, like, so in that way, boredom is a, is directly correlated to sexual arousal. But it's to sadism though. Yeah, but if 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 that's what his form of sexual arousal is anyways, then it right. doesn't matter what like that so so sadistic like he if he's naturally a sadist, uh-huh. then so it just naturally arouses his sadism. Yeah, it's like he like boredom means uh, like it, I'm bored and that's making me and I'm depressed. I just guess I guess my problem because I fully agree with yes. This. I think my problem is is that he's not saying it was a bored sadist or sadist whatever the fuck we want to call it. Like, yeah, he's not. He's not. Yeah. Oh yeah, that he's leaving that out. Yeah, s- yeah. Just to yeah. say that this guy is bored, so he's doing it. I think like, he does no. say that in the article. I th- yeah. I feel like I just didn't find it that interesting because we already knew that. Cool. Maybe cool. I, I, I. So this is just my shitty notes on like yeah. a t- on like a t- like a. T- what you're page saying. article. Jesus. I just these are the only things yeah. that I pulled out of it that I was like interesting. Because what you just said is yeah. far more interesting than what he like this excerpt of this particular in- interview. Yeah, but I think whatever. I just pulled that out because I was like, I, I it was it was less about um, the killer itself, but as like an idea of like like a reaction to boredom mm. is is. Um, it's like like that. It's like his. It's like Japanese is a peaceful society, and that's boring. Mm-hmm. Is the way that the director saw. Yeah. It. Like that's how he built the killer in his mind. Yeah. I feel like with all horror movies that involve like an actual like antagonist, they build the villain sort of. Mm-hmm. And the way that he built him was as a bored dude. Right. That's <laughs> which crazy. Is, which is crazy. Well, that, you know gross. what? That's we you know what's crazy about that. That yeah. goes back to our summary that we all laughed at last week, which was like the guy who has everything. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? Like yep. that would be like yeah, the bored dude. And the, the word is engorged. Oh, engorged <laughs> is what it is. Oh, it's engorged. <laughs> Fuck. David said that about the lips and cutting moments. And I was like, episode I one, like, the I was engorged like, I don't like lips. That. So maybe it's gore because the, yeah. the root in there is gorn and engorged. Maybe I don't like that. Just sits. Gore sits as a word is actually a pretty sick word. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the second you add a consonant at the end of go- gore, it's <laughs> yeah. disgusting. Or Gord. it's what gore? Yeah, yeah. 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 What, about, yeah. what about gorp? Gorp. It's yeah, futuristic. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, yeah, it's, yeah. Gorp is like the, yeah. the 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 trail mix you bring on camping trips. Yeah. Maybe it's yeah. not all whatever, but go- yeah, grains, gorge. oats, raisins, and peanuts. Yeah. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Not bad. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So uh, briefly, I just want to finish off my notes on some shit. Um, so the actors and actresses, we talked we talked a little bit about like why. Uh, so basically, both of the the actor and the actress is, um, like we talked about like like uh, where the like the director would have sourced the, the these characters from. They've all been in his other movies. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so the guy Harayoki uh, Kawatsuri was in a movie that was a, like basically a porn movie called Strip Mahjong Battle Royale. That sounds awesome. Yeah, I know. And it's it's just like exactly what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. Um and then uh, Carved or Slitmouth Woman, he's he's a character in that. Okay. And uh, the girl it's complicated. And I want to talk about this with David a little bit because yes. we both like he like look, he like peeked at my notes right before we went into it. He's like you saw it too. <laughs> 
there are in from different reputable sources there are multiple different actresses listed as the the main character or the main girl character who actually we like sorry another take back briefly we said that they didn't have any names they're listed in the movie as aki the woman and kazuo as the man Weird. okay okay uh, but they, that they don't actually say their names in the movie, so fuck that. Kazuo is it K A Z U O? Yes. I wonder if that has anything to do. Isn't that the fucking author who's like writes love stories, like uh, Never Leave Me or Fuck? It'd just be really interesting if he's like the love interest named after an author. Anyways, okay. <laughs> but Gosh. so fact check it. Well, that's yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna do that right now. <laughs> Um, yeah. yeah, but so uh, briefly, I want to get into the girl actress. So, uh, yeah, it's so dope. On the IMDb, she's listed as Katoha Hiroyama, who yep. has an IMDb page. And knowing um, that IMDb is, I think, the most legitimate of any source that you can you can get because it's like where the actors and the filmmakers themselves have control over the editing of, and it's the only one that they care about, um, have control over the cast, crew, and all of the facts. I, in Wikipedia, Rotten Tomatoes, all those other sources, that's where they don't really have any control and they don't really like care too much to like do the Yeah, they're all baloney. Yeah. Everywhere else, uh, the, the actress was listed as Sugumi Nagasawa. So what I was concerned about a little bit was, um, or like, or, or I guess the question that I wanted to pose to David, did you see it as a mistake where they listed Katoha Hiroyama? Are they the same person... They gotta be. Or, or, and I think I got into this a little bit. Okay. Did they use a body double in the movie? Like we talked about. Did they use a porn actress as a body double? That's really interesting. Yeah. And and here's why I ask that. But the the interesting thing is that they're never listed in the same place. No. Like it's not, you don't see those two names on any one source. It's either listed as Katoha Hiroyama or Sugumi Nagasawa. Yeah. So my, my note yeah. in my notes here yeah. literally says, is Katoha Tsugumi? <laughs> that's it. Yeah. That's, that's my whole really good, note. Yeah. That's a really good question. <laughs> yeah. That's it. Is Katoha Tsugumi? <laughs> <laughs> I, I really want to yeah. know. Yeah. Um, because if, if the body double thing is accurate, Katoha Hiroyama has like a legitimate acting career in lots of like uh, Japanese television dramas and Tsugumi has exclusively pornography. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But but they're like if you Google one name or the other, yeah, mm-hmm. you'll get she's the girl from Grotesque. Yeah. Okay. But 100%. they're different. People. Or like they're no. But we don't know. Do you have? Do they have different faces? Like ah. hard to say because the pictures are like like like. Is it a like, transition then from like a screen pornography name? Yeah. To, is it a different name? That's you, that's what we're are wondering. these aliases? That's yeah. why I'm but, like yeah. is like right, the aliases. Yes. Can, okay. okay. Just. Like, let me ask you this. All right. Imagine for a second uh-huh. the amount of filter and uh, effect that is put onto uh, a, a Japanese female actress's headshot. Okay. Uh, and imagine that you could tell the difference between uh, Katoha Hirayama's picture and Sugumi Nagasawa's picture. Okay. You can't. Yeah. Like, they might look similar. Yeah. But they might be the same person. Well, and right. I'm, I would argue that both of them show up in both searches. Because it's Correct. like, she's the girl from Grotesque. So mm-hmm. Grotesque shows up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're like, well, I don't know. Yeah. It's, well, it, you, they're you all truly the same. Can't find, you can't find out. Uh, you, you, like, there's, no, there's no clear answer here. Um, but I, Sorry, what, it's, what, what are the two names again? Katoha Hiroyama and Sugumi Nagasawa. Sugumi, okay. Because this is our third podcast. It's Finding Sugumi. 
Finding Sagumi? <laughs> yeah. yeah. We have to find her. Yeah. yeah. It's our own tree. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be really tough. And I, I also watched the, the credits for Grotesque again, and they're all in, in kanji. So I couldn't I couldn't tell. Yeah. I tried to learn it, but yeah. Um, either way, uh, Sugumi Nagasawa acts in multiple pink films. Okay. Uh, which is a concept I'm going to get into very briefly in two seconds. Uh, Passions of a Private Secretary, Zombie Hunter Rika, and Girl in Captivity 2, Hit Woman in Chains. Okay, Ooh. that's cool. Yeah. Uh, briefly just, um, I want to give like a little rundown of, um, where this movie fits into Japanese cinema. We're going to do a small handbook on Japanese cinema yeah, as yeah. a reference for future Japanese films that we're going to watch. And I would say other like bodies of film. Yeah. But so this, this movie is born of like a phenomena that sort of, um, that came of two different things. Uh, there's a, a, a wave of films called pink cinema in Japan and it's independently in, in independently produced exploitation films bordering on pornographic, which is like basically what I like gornography, but like ex- exclusively Japanese. Yeah. And it's, it's why like the, like it's a weird thing. Again, I'm going to get into this. I have seen this in pornography. Um, it's all in Japanese pornography is all censored. Seemingly. Oh yeah. 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 It yes. Is. Like it's all super that's, that's a legal thing. Yeah. That's from, yeah. but that's, but that's like a pink cinema staple. Yeah. Like that's like it's like it's like those like like most of the porn that you will see in Japan seemingly comes from this pink cinema pheno- phenomenon and they're clips from movies with like a real story. So it's just like a step above like shitty American like pizza guy pornography. Mm-hmm. It's just a little bit better than that. And that's the that's the actress that's Sugumi Nagasawa. That, that's what she acts, acted in exclusively before grotesque. Yep. Um so it's like these films actually they also have like a really interesting slant on them. They use alienation as a central theme in them and they explore socially acceptable lifestyles and alternatives and challenge the status quo. So meaning like they take on and try to like rip apart all of like the, the, the staples of Japanese, of Japanese culture and, and like the, the political correctness of it all, which is wicked. That's like really cool to me. Yeah. Um, so that sort of is the world that, uh, the actors and actresses from like a lot of Japanese extreme cinema come from. It's like they, they start in, um, in pink cinema and they work their way into other stuff. That's like a little bit better, which is usually the ultra violent thing, which is, it totally has its own, like it's so like, it's got a little story behind it. It's uh, like the story is like, it's exactly extreme cinema. It said that, um, the stuff that I read about it is that the story in these movie in ultra violent Japanese movies exists only as a pre a narrative pretext to violence. And the entire genre is defined by the guinea pig series or the guinea pig genre, mm-hmm. they, yep. they call it. Yep. So it's like there might be multiple guinea pig. It's not so much that guinea pig is like a series of movies as much as it is its own genre. Right. Um, and it's like, well, those movies' existence pushed the boundaries and made their mark on commercial cinema when like audiences started demanding more gore and regular horror movies. And that's where you get like Takeshi Miike with Audition and Ichi the Killer mm-hmm. and uh, this guy Sion Sono who directed a movie called Suicide Circle. Mm-hmm. So that's just sort of like the background. Like that's where th- like the desire for a producer to, be, to say like I, we need to make like cash in on this trend. Well, that- even like Battle Royale, which yeah. wasn't crazy like this is yeah not at all but that was a huge movie yeah but those, those oh, yeah. huge but those big violent movies like that's like that's like totally an acceptable thing in japan and people yeah are like like it's like it's seemingly like they have more of an understanding of like this is just a movie and it's not going to make people do specific yeah. things well, I, I, I do agree with that of course yeah. 
Yeah, that's super interesting. Also, Battle Royale is uh, other like thinkers on like extreme cinema include Wait, Battle Royale. Hold on, are you talking okay, about cool. like Battle Royale, like the um, the actual one, like the Hunger Games, like yeah. like pre precursor, yeah. or are you talking no, about not the Mahjong a, one, a strip Mahjong? Yeah, <laughs> not that I just want to clarify because I was talking about strip Mahjong. There's two very popular <laughs> Battle Royales. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I was talking about strip Mahjong for to be clear. <laughs> <laughs> so this week's movies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh that's 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 what i got man that's that's, that's what cool. i got on i mean like i could do more on the japanese no that's stuff, awesome we're gonna get to no, it yeah in a later no, date. that's awesome um yeah super interesting uh i like our talk on like we on a couple different p- points and i'm about to lead us into one that's like specifically with the idea of genre yeah today and subgenres and stuff like that um i think it's like it's really really interesting to think about this um so last week we said that we would get into sadism or we had a private conversation about this sadism versus sadism not sure yeah. which we, so we'll just yeah. use them interchangeably yeah um well, sadism e- e- is the one where it's the the feeling yeah. of yeah, it's the just sadness. Of being sad. yeah. yeah, for sure, a state of being sad. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think we should get into it right now because this one's pretty straightforward. Like for this, it seems to be like yeah, there's a definition of sadism that's like you derive sexual pleasure from the torture, pain, or humiliation of somebody else. That seems to be like that's pretty the bang on theme of the movie. Yeah. yeah. So like, that's it. To pursue yeah. it is is crazy. We're and as he said, uh, we will get into it, and I think in a more interesting vein, um, with another. Uh, another pretty big movie that we'll watch at some point in the series. So what I want us to do is think about genre. Yeah. And I want us to walk through this idea of torture porn. Yeah. Because it's something that we brought up last week, and it's clearly part, like people will include this in it. Um, we talked about Hostel, right? Like yeah, we last talked week, about right? It's like that's sure. another yeah. torture porn style movie. And yeah, uh, this, so this one would it. participate in that genre uh, well. So... Basically, what I want to do um, is kind of understand torture porn through extreme cinema at the same time. So we're not going to dive. My goal isn't here to get us to dive into extreme cinema. We're going to do that for sure uh, in the space that that needs. Yeah. Um, so not necessarily like a deep dive into that today, mm-hmm. uh, but definitely include bits of extreme cinema to understand torture porn and vice versa. Yeah. Essentially. So uh, my stuff that I uh, am going to talk about today and kind of prompt you guys with comes from uh, a really interesting book called Extreme Cinema Effective Strategies in Transnational Media. It's by Aaron Michael Kerner and Jonathan L. Knapp. And at the time of the writing, and I think this is interesting because it shows a way in which people think about this intellectually, like that this is actually a topic of thought in in academics, which I just find interesting. Um, Kerner at the time was a professor at the San Francisco State University Cinema Department, and Knapp was a PhD student in film and visual studies at Harvard. Mm-hmm. So it's like these are this meaning that they're legit. Yeah, this is yeah. like their thesis. This is this man's thesis. These on guys it. are not joking. And yeah, and that's <laughs> like what their career is, or at least part of it. Yeah. So this the, isn't a career set pieces situation. Yeah, this, this is, is like, a, yeah, exactly. <laughs> these guys are real. These guys are the real deal. Yeah, for sure. As, yeah, you can make a case for them to be as real. Yeah. Um, I still think we're going to like problematize some of the things that they say, but a lot of it has been really informative, and I just think it's interesting that it occurs at that, yeah. that level. Um, so the first thing I want us to think about is kind of theorizing the pornographic body, because what they do is uh, they put torture porn beside 
traditional hardcore pornography to draw connections between them to see how you get to the term torture porn. Yeah. I think they have to. Yeah. Yeah, that makes that makes I, so much sense to me. Because so, when I heard torture porn for the first time, I thought it was torture porn. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I was like, whoa. Yeah, this, that's a oh fucking my God. scandalous term. Yeah. yeah but like, it's, it's funny, though, because it's like when, like, I remember having a similar conversation and when somebody was like, torture porn, I was like, that's fucked up. And then yeah. when, like when they explained it to me, it's like, oh no, torture porn. Like you just say the same thing with like, a different emphasis. <laughs> okay. on, oh no, oh, torture oh, porn. Oh, yeah. Right, right, okay. right. All right. Um, so I have a bit of preamble and I'm going to invite Dave, David and Danny to jump in on this with me. Yeah. Um, so we're going to give a quick little summary based on um, Linda Williams, who is uh, has written uh, a few books on this, another academic who's written and theorized pornography straight up. Yeah. So I'll start and we'll move to Danny and then into David. So Linda Williams argues that, uh, quote, a primary impulse behind early hardcore pornography was to reveal something that was hidden, quote, the desire of the male performer and viewer to probe the wonders of the unseen world of the female body. Uh, furthermore, Williams argues that early pornography was organized to derive sexual pleasure for the male viewer by documenting the female or- orgasm, not organism, orgasm. Sorry. Yep. <clears throat> this documentation is important because it accounts for why, quote, the female body becomes the visual and oral focus of hardcore. The key to hardcore is the, quote, unfaked, unstaged mechanics of sexual action, which is shaped by techniques of confession that are applied first and foremost to the female body. Cool. So before I jump to my question here, let's just like break this down for a second. So like section by section here, what what we're getting is that there is a desire to see something uh, unseen. Um, which is being, which is happening through the way in which the male performer tries to probe these one, these unseen wonders of the female body, yeah. which ultimately becomes the orgasm, yeah. like documenting the female orgasm. Yeah. And then as David's uh, uh, portion says, it's ways and techniques and tricks and strategies to get to that unearthing of the female orgasm, which ultimately puts the female body on display. So my first question goes to the idea of confession, So, which are shaped by techniques of confession that are applied first and foremost to the female body. What do you guys think the nature of confession is? So like, what, do you, what does Williams mean by that? So what does the body confess? Pleasure. And, and, you're right. Yeah. I'm wondering like back in the day, I mean, obviously if we're going back to like Marquis de Sade and whatever, it's going to be like people don't know anything about yeah. sex. Mm-hmm. Like you don't even talk to your two boys about it. Yeah. Right. No. So like the confession, I guess, depends when this was even written yeah. to me, but yeah, I mean, simply put you're, pleasure, you're but right. it's pleasure. pleasure, but it, it's like, like the it's, it's pleasure. Like I would say like, like the, the nature of the, the confession is that it's like pleasure that is like primal in the female mm-hmm. body that is not, um, that is like not verbal and it's not necessarily conscious. It's like unconscious. Right. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what it's like. That's the mystery because somebody can tell you that they're enjoying themselves, but they're not really doing it. Yeah. Uh, Whereas like their body is automatically like, like you can, you can notice that in a way, in a way that can betray what your mouth is saying. Right. And the same way that like, 
you know, uh, this is like a, a heavy topic, but when people talk about uh, rape victims that, you know, ex- like experience like a, f- a biological or like a physiological reaction mm-hmm. that indicates pleasure, they are counseled later on to be like, you don't have any control over that. Yeah. And that's the pleasure that I'm talking about. It doesn't necessarily yeah. mean mental pleasure. It's yeah. strictly a physical reaction yeah. to physical stimuli. Yeah. So I have, I'm going to go back to my question about who, but you, br- you brought up something that I find interesting in the film and it's when the doctor masturbates the two victims yeah uh the boyfriend the girlfriend and we were saying we 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 talked about and from different perspectives or vantage points danny you were saying that you you were able to check out of the movie because the way in which her face betrayed that she was enjoying it i'm pretty sure no it was the sound that's why i checked out Uh, okay well like 100 percent. the 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 thing that fucked me up after the fact was like a me like it was like the like I mo- think you for sure talked about the facial expression that though. was that was what fucked him up proper because okay. he said was after. after that she wouldn't look at anyone okay yeah. so, so like then the shame this is the confession through. right yeah the way in which the, the to me ultimately what I'm getting at whether however we talked about it was that this would be a way to explain where her shame came from is that despite wanting to be a part of this act that this is being forced on her yeah. her body confessed that she derived pleasure from it. Yeah, but that's the that's the thing that is is a, an interesting thing. I guess and it's like a much deeper conversation, right? Yeah. Like, is physical pleasure the same thing as like it, it? Like, do we have control over our pleasure and what we want and what we don't want? Right? Yeah. It's like because just because something feels good doesn't mean you want it. Hundred percent. And that's like that's like a very like that's what I'm trying to say is yeah. that like the it, body confessed something that she didn't want to. Yeah. Right. It's sugar. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah, is crazy. Sense. Like that's crazy that the body can have its own impulse that the mind doesn't want. Yeah, right? well, it's it's funny because it's like it's you can, you see that in like varying degrees, right? Like there's, there's like a really bad episode of Law and Order SVU where this like Italian like fucking parliament member like has sex with a like a like a fucking um like a maid at this hotel and then they're in court later on and he says like i could tell by her eyes you know like you know she betrayed with her eyes that she was interested in like whatever and it's like they're like no she fucking didn't she said no you're under arrest but like that's like that's kind of like it's like a we set the those boundaries in like different ways right mm-hmm. like it's like like legally it's like yeah you can't fucking do that but it's like you know in the same way that like, we kind of talked about the manufactured consent thing like a little bit in the yeah. thing where it's like you talk to somebody who isn't interested in you but they might become interested in you based on your um the way that you're choosing to pursue them and even though they're like yeah i don't really like you fuck off get out of here yeah you know they're betraying by continuing to talk to you and not put an end to it yeah. or in the same way that like you know a partner like you know if somebody if, like if somebody's like breaks up with their, their boyfriend or girlfriend and then mm-hmm. that person keeps calling them it's like i see that all the time and as somebody who was single for such a long time i was like hang up the fucking phone but yeah. you're betraying to them that you still want to talk to them by your behavior and not by what you're saying to them yeah, it might have been the dream boyfriend yeah, yeah. Probably. It's like there's so, but yeah, exactly. But could it could, could easily have been the dream boyfriend. But I mean, the, but like would, in a good way. But why would anyone want to break up with him? Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Like in a good uh, way. Yeah, uh, like in an endearing way. In a very endearing way. Yeah. <laughs> no, but but what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is that it's like it's like you know you consciously want something but unconsciously want something else mm-hmm. and you want to choose it's like like i think that what is being betrayed or what the confession is is that what you unconsciously want is overriding what you consciously want yeah like and that is the most primal in a in a body reaction to sexual contact yeah and that's what pornography is like about kind of yeah um 
I, yeah, I, absolutely. I fully agree with that. Um, I, I don't want to move beyond this by thinking about who, m- not necessarily maybe the confession, but the confessor or what is confessed is it's not only, uh, well, obviously if it's, you're focusing on like exploring the female body to document the orgasm that confesses her sexual pleasure, yeah. but it also confesses your own, like the male performer and the viewer who would presumably be male and given their context. Yeah. Like it confesses your own uh, sexual stimulation as well. Mm-hmm. Like think about the way in which um, I think I, this could be like a hot take, but I'm pretty sure the way in which like they like psychological studies were conducted on like deviant sexual behavior mm-hmm. was that they would hook up like ways in which to measure your stimulation by showing you um, like child pornography. Or something yep. like that. Yep. That's crazy. And if your body reacted in such a way that they could scientifically be like, this is how you react sexually, yeah. like literally maybe putting something like measuring like whether or not you get an erection uh, or whether or not it moves or Whoa. something like that, your body's confessing something yeah. in that movement. And they're not the one who's having it done to them other than viewing. So it would be the same thing with regular pornography. It's like it's your body as someone who confirms that sexual pleasure within yourself, your yeah. body's confessing as well. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's yeah. insane. Um, That's such a funny thing, though, because that kind of mimics like what we were talking earlier about, like the guillotine test. Like, to see, like it's like, we're going to measure this person's like react. It's just like this insanely mo- like immoral test to try to get to a moral yeah. conclusion for later. Kids, yeah. get in here. Yeah, yeah well, we, got, sure. this, yeah, we yeah. got this child porn that we bought on the dark web. Yeah, and we're yeah, going to yeah. show it to you in the study room. Yeah, like, yeah it's we're like, going to watch your penis. Yeah. What the fuck? I'm going to yeah. look at your penis against your will. Yeah, <laughs> yeah for sure. You signed the document, so. Yeah. 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 yeah, it's fucked up. So uh, just to sum up uh, the confession bit, um, I have a, a small uh, portion of what uh, Kerner and Knapp's assessment of the confession is. And it's basically what we're saying. Uh, the confession, in other words, they say, points to, quote, the central pleasure of hardcore, which is, quote, the viewer bearing witness to the involuntary movement of women's bodies, confessional spasms of pleasure derived from physical stimulation. So um, that's also, I think, really important as we turn the page towards um, the pornography of torture porn and extreme cinema, yeah. uh, the way in which the body moves, because this is what we were starting to talk about last week, in which, like, in what we talked about in the take back with the dead ringers and the one-to-one connection that these types of films try to make with your body. Yeah. So that's, like, in Knapps and Kerner's book, it's affective strategies, affect, the way in which, you know, you, again, when we went back to... Um, effective empathy. It's the way in which you mirror someone else's emotion. So that's what's happening with the bodies, right? Is that we squirm because they squirm. Yeah. Um, and the things that cause them to squirm. So um, I think it's really important to keep in mind that Kerner and Knapp suggest that torture porn and extreme cinema are like not to one-to-one comparison. They're not saying they're the same thing. There's no equivalency yeah. uh, between them. Instead, they seem to imply that torture porn can be a component of extreme cinema. So yeah. you don't, to have an extreme film, you don't have to have torture porn in it. Yeah. I think that's, that's going to be important um, to keep in mind um, because Kerner and App argue that torture porn or the genre acts in similar ways to tr- traditional hardcore pornography. And here's a quote, and then I have a question for you. So the quote is, Torture porn and extreme cinema seem to work in a related way to pornography in that they revolve around the spectacles of the bodies convulsing in pain. So my straight up question is, how do you two make sense of that quote? 
I'm having trouble. In that they revolve around the spectacles of bodies convulsing in pain. Yeah, so there's a correlation between torture porn and pornography and that they both put the body on display. And you mean torture porn and extreme cinema? Uh, no, sorry. I mean torture porn and extreme cinema oh, to pornography. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I'm struggling to yeah. understand that. As yeah, well, yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah. I had to add that in there because they don't make this very clear in their writing. Yep. So you see my, for the listener, I have a little bracket in there that put in to pornography because yeah. they're saying that torture porn and extreme cinema work in a related way to regular pornography. Okay. Right. So how is that relationship mapped out? Okay. And the way in which they have this correlation is by quote, the spectacles of the bodies convulsing in pain. But that, see, that's what I'm having trouble understanding is because like, is are we led to believe that in pornography... That they're in pain? Yeah. 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 And this is why that's like, a, that's I want a poor wording. Yeah. And I don't think that's the case. That's convulsing, obviously not what they're saying. Convulsing, I'd be fine with. Yeah. But in pain makes it wrong entirely. No, this is where I think that they're, they're kind of ham-handedly getting, ham-fistedly getting towards their definition of torture porn and that they're saying that because they're already have established that traditional hardcore pornography puts the body in display, like say in ecstasy. Yeah. Whereas uh, extreme cinema and torture porn do the same thing, except they put the body on in convulsing in pain. Yeah. So there's the writhing, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. If they were like, yeah, people convulse in both, I'd be like, sure. Yeah. Of course they do. I think the big thing here is the spectacle of the body. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. really what the two share. But like what I find problematic here is that they don't make it clear enough, at least in this sentence. And again, I'm handpicking things from their book. Yeah. Um, this comes from a chapter that's like 22 pages um, in which that they both share this ability to put torture porn puts the body on display in a way, in a similar way that pornography does, except the impetus of the convulsion would be different. Right. Yeah. One's sexually derived and the other one's derived from pain. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they say, in, to elucidate this a little bit more, quote, furthermore, by focusing on bodies being ripped apart, sometimes showing internal organs in extreme detail, torture porn also seems to, quote, probe the wonders of an unseen world. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that's so interesting. What do you think? So my question's here. Uh, yeah. How does this assessment directly relate to grotesque? Can you make any direct one-to-one connections? The butthole. Do you guys, yeah, do you guys, <laughs> yeah, and that's for sure. I'm going to get you to explain that in a sec. Do you guys nope. buy the idea of displaying something unseen? And uh, could this thing of seeing something unhidden by revealing it to us explain why we writhe along with them? Well, yeah, yeah I think in the same way that like the, for when you're really young, you like see like like part of the reason that you're willing to look at a naked body is because you're like what's that all about like it's it's like it's like an, it's like the unknown yeah right and then you get older and you're like okay well I know how that works and I just like it and that's all there is to it uh, but with like what we're watching it's like there's part of it where it's like you're like like half in fear of like, uh, I'm worried about how they're going to show me like what that's going to look like. But you're also kind of like, what's that going to look like? You know what I mean? And that's like, that's yeah. Yeah. And literally showing something unseen is when like his intestines are unraveling. Yeah. Or when they, uh, trying to think other, uh, like gaping wounds. There aren't many. They don't, it doesn't show you much, but I mean, they're, oh, it's they're when, trying, uh, when the, when she gets chainsawed at the end and her guts spill out. Yes. Like right at the very end. Yep. Totally. Yeah. And even, I mean, 
something unseen could even just be like, I've never seen someone's fingers come off. Yep. For or sure. Like, yep. you know, anything like that. Yeah. So, I thought yeah. about that. Yeah. yeah. That, that makes sense. Hold on. I, I want to say that that's a, like this, the, their argument is a little clunky. Okay. Like, like making the argument of showing internal organs, like literally is kind of crazy. Cause it's like, it's like, I wouldn't really make that comparison in that exact way. I would probably like make the argument that it's like, you are, wanting to know what the body looks like when it's subjected to this rather than literally just like, I'm like, it's like, I'm not curious to know what your intestines look like Mm -hmm. at all. Like I don't, I'm not, but I am curious to see if you can walk across the room with them out. Yeah. Or what the violence is like in the movie is going to portray it like. And that causes me to wonder what it would actually look like in real life and whether or not it's like accurate. That's a thing that I'm thinking a lot. Well, I think what you're doing, you're, you're offering a more nuanced way to think about this where I think think what they're saying is mm-hmm. not necessarily driving curiosity behind mm-hmm. like something that's hidden and unseen like someone would be curious about documenting a female orgasm yeah but literally like the idea of something being hidden is that your insides should be hidden away from you and the fact that we take them out will gross people out because they're typically not seeing them yeah so then i don't yeah. buy that no you don't buy i that. don't buy that i don't think i think the majority of people don't give a shit what people's insides look like i would say that it would gross the fuck out of my mom or like me mm-hmm. like it's like oh, it's, it's like it's not it's not like it's just not no interesting. I'm, I'm not saying that again don't drop drop curiosity from this yeah because yeah. that's like your reading on that is like better in terms of like i like it's far more interesting to talk about than this but just to be clear is that i don't think they're curious like my mom wouldn't be curious about seeing no. the inside she would never think about it until the chainsaw goes in and suddenly what is hidden typically inside the stomach is out and she's just effectively grossed out yeah that's what i think they're saying Yeah, I just like literally that it says probe the wonders of an unseen world. Mm -hmm. Like that they could use that in both cases. Yeah, and what you're saying is another reading of that, which is like the... Probe the wonders of an unseen world to me is like literally that you don't know what it looks like to have a guy try to walk across the room with his thing. Like, and that's, that's great. Yeah, 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 that's no, still allowed. But, but, the, but the argument that they're making is they literally the unseen world. But it says sometimes about. showing. It's not saying yeah. like yeah. when explicitly shown. Yeah. It's yeah. like okay. For example, when this happens. Yeah. No. So I would agree upon that. I would say that I by the idea that uh, displaying something unseen is happening in in torture porn definitely but yeah. I, I don't think that i don't think that I, I buy that it's literally like the inside of a body like i think I it, yeah i think you're right that it's just a clunky sentence because i mean it does say by focusing on bodies being ripped apart yeah mm-hmm. sometimes showing internal organs mm-hmm. yeah so like they're saying we're focusing on the bodies being ripped apart yeah yeah like maybe it is the spectacle of that happening mm-hmm. and not yeah. so much yeah, yeah it's the like spectacle the, of it rather than the what actual does the liver itself. look like yeah exactly. yeah yeah, yeah. I don't, yeah, and I don't think that's what they mean. Like, no one's going to be curious about, like, oh, that's what a liver looks like. It's literally, like, for someone who can't handle gore. Yeah. You're like, whoa, fuck, that was a lot, right? That's all I'm thinking. But your, what you guys are talking about with this, the the true wonder, or, like, a more nuanced wonder of this unseen world is, like, how people deal with it, what that would look like, what the level of violence is, is, like, way more... Yeah, but that is that. But we're saying that that is the unseen world. So and I'm saying but, that's way more interesting. Yeah, than yeah, yeah. And, and again, <laughs> yeah. if you're even tying it back to real, not real, but if you're tying it back to pornography, when you watch pornography, you're not seeing the inside of a vagina no. as yeah. the thing that you're like, I always wanted to know what inside looked like. Yeah, yeah. right. So like, yeah. I think 
that's how they tie together. Yeah, yeah. I want to yeah. see if this dude can do it, and I want to see what the girl's doing. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. And we're we're gonna we're, we're I'm I'm I chose these uh, these quotes for a particular reason that we're gonna get to at the end of this discussion of 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 Kerner and Knapp. Um, because I think there's some problems with the way in which they organize it, though it makes you think about interesting stuff. So let's let's move on, and we'll we'll address um, some some issues at the end. So yeah. I'm gonna throw another quote at you, and then hit you with another question. So they say that um, again, using this idea of uh, the unseen world is uh, a way in which quote extreme cinema tends to adopt the pornographic regime to play on the sensorial experience and does not necessarily appeal to a spectator's emotions. So extreme cinema adopts a pornographic uh, regime to be sensory and not to appeal to your emotion. Mm -hmm. So my question then is, what's the pornographic regime of torture porn in general, and can you make sense of that quote by applying it to grotesque? So how does grotesque adopt a pornographic regime? Um, And then just last question, is grotesque concerned or unconcerned with our emotions? Well, it's, uh, I, what I would say is that, sorry, do you have anything on this, Dave? Yeah, there's so many questions in there, though. We got to slow yeah, down the questions. Yeah, let's just the first one. Yeah. So, again, that extreme cinema adopts the pornographic regime. What's the pornographic regime of torture porn? What is that? What could that mean? I would say to isolate, like, the, the pornographic regime in pornography is to isolate a single emotion and make you feel only that one thing and stimulate it. Horny. Yeah, like, horny. Like horny, our yeah. like our boy. Yeah, your boy. I'm horny is what exactly <laughs> yeah. what he says. Which it is. I would say like, that's the effect, right? So, what would be the regime that gets you to that effect? Like, like the to make you feel horny. Uh, focusing on isolating the the gestures, like 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 just like removing any confusion around. Like, I mean, I feel like that's a tough thing to say. It's literally just showing you. Well, I don't know, because that's not how porn works, right? Like, porn isn't one thing. Yeah, but it focuses on one thing, and that's what? The body? Yeah, 100%. Not always, though, dude. Yeah. Okay, so explain. Well, I mean, like, there's all there's all kinds of like weird porn out there. There's like people literally dressed in like like clown suits where there's no nudity at all. And that's oh man, still the balloon people, like, yeah, that okay, just so are in a we balloon. have to contain this yeah, to yeah. they they say traditional hardcore pornography, so not wild fetish shit. Okay, this is this is absolutely contained within okay. traditional hardcore pornography. Oh, the body, right? Okay, so that's the regime, but you're not like that's what I'm saying is like it's the thing that because the regime is the thing that they mobilize to get you to feel a certain way. Right. And yeah. that would be the, the horny, the sexual stimulation. Right. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's of porn. Yeah. How, what would the torture, what would the pornographic regime be of torture porn? The body. And what's the uh, intended effect then? Well, I like that it says that it doesn't necessarily appeal to a spectator's emotions. Right. Because it's just like they're using the same tactics, but for opposite reasons. What are the opposite Which is reasons? Great. Well, then this one is to disgust or to. Yeah. Yeah. To, to make me unhorny from the porn we watched before yeah. Yeah. we put grotesque Are we calling on. disgust an emotion, though? No. I guess, I guess you're right, then. Yeah. Yeah, and which is interesting because they deploy... Remember, we said, and we, we said it, we recapitulated it today, that in the first episode of Grotesque, we talked about how it might have, like, fuck, how do you not get, like, a body double in it? That there might have been a body double in it because it's so sexually graphic in the film. 
Yeah. Like when he's literally doing like, if this was contextualized into pornography, that's foreplay. Yeah. Right. Or straight up masturbation. And it is, ex- it's deploying the body, but making us feel the exact opposite yeah. of tr- traditional pornography. Yeah. Yep. Right. Which is crazy. We writhe and we're disgusted by it. Yeah. Right. So I think the regime is simply the body and the way mm-hmm. in which they utilize it is the thing that really needs to be distinct from torture porn. Yeah. Right. So basically what we're, we seem to be working towards a definition of torture porn and by virtue, we're defining a subsection of torture porn, but Kerner and Knapp state, um, a few differences between torture porn and extreme cinema. So the subset being like, well, actually would probably be torture porn. And the actual major genre here is extreme cinema, right? Cause you have extreme cinema and then that can be inclusive of, or torture porn can be inclusive yeah. of it. Right. Under the umbrella. So before we nail down, before I accept, or I'd want us to accept this idea of torture porn, yeah. uh, they do make some differences between p- torture porn and extreme cinema and traditional hardcore pornography. So they argue that traditional hardcore, hardcore pornography is indexical in nature and points to reality. So yeah. indexical meaning that it's like he has a, a real real world reference, yeah. right? Um, they say that uh, traditional hardcore pornography has authentic bodies and sexual reactions versus the staged bodies and fake blood and pain of uh, torture porn in extreme cinema. Yeah. And they say that torture porn puts the male body on display over the female body. So I got some questions based on that. Mm-hmm. My first question is, do you guys take issue with any of these claims or do you agree with any of those claims? I wouldn't say that they put the male this body on the male body on display over the female body. Same. For, okay. I absolutely had this for at first, but I'm going to make a case that they're right. Yeah. And the crazy I thing is is that they they do they do qualify this and there there's been a stu- I didn't inco- I didn't include it maybe I should have. Yeah. But they did a study on this on watching like torture porn movies. Yeah. And it is apparently like, and then this will make sense to you. They're like 122 bodies that were tortured were male versus 72 bodies that were female. Think about grotesque. Who takes more of the torture? The dude. Mm-hmm. Think about hostile. The first 45 minutes is a softcore pornography. You never see a dick, but you see all the titties in the world. Yeah. As soon as it turns to the torture porn side of it, only the dudes, except for the girl who gets her eyeball blacked out, yeah. are tortured. Yeah, but I feel like this might be like like this is like the first edition of a book that might get revisited in ten years when people start focusing more on women because it's more shocking to do that. I feel like that's the current status quo. See, with but it, it's more shocking to see a penis in a movie. It's like that's I'm always waiting for it. It is, it is, but it's also I guess it's like it's like it's well, it's how you define shocking, right? Is it shocking or is it surprising? Like it's no, it's, yeah, it's surprising. It's, it's surprising to see a penis in a movie because not, you don't. Yeah, it's not surprising to see sexual violence because you know that it's ha- it happens and it's fucking real, but it is shocking to see it exploited in a movie. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like yep. that. It's like it's like if if the intent of these movies is to shock and disgust you, like eventually those boundaries are going to get pushed where there's going to be a movie that's more gnarly than you know, murder set pieces or fucking even Serbian film with regards to how it treats sexual violence. But, I but think. so this is, I think is an important thing. Cause I, my mind went to, well, there was like overwhelmingly the majority of people in murder set pieces were female. And yeah. that was the body that was on display. But is that a torture porn? 
No, in my mind. No, yeah, they, you're right. They didn't fixate on the torture. There were moments of it, to, yeah. they, and it was alluded to, but it wasn't. It wasn't in any way similar to grotesque. Yeah, think about our beef mm. with breaking her will. It was all female body again, but we were like, it could have used more torture. Yeah, and yeah. I, I, I would, <laughs> yeah. I would say that like it's, it's sort of like what they're kind of like. I, it seems like towing at is that anytime there is a female body that is fixated on in a movie, it becomes sexualized in a certain way. So therefore it's kind of hard to make a movie where it's just about torturing the female body because that be, there are porn movies that fixate around that and it becomes sexualized in a way where it's less shocking and more sexually yeah. oriented, yeah. which is fucking disgusting. But that's the, I feel like the truth. Yeah. I think the problem here is, and I'm going to get to it in a second, but one, this conversation forces us to stay within the constraints of what people are defining as torture porn yeah. and the inclusion of the word porn, because mm-hmm. it's so rooted in the idea of sexuality. And we've watched these films already and every sexualized body is a female body. Yeah. Like yep. all of them. Yep. yep. Um, which is, so it's tough for us specifically coming out of these movies to th- reroute our thinking here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily think we, we have to. Because uh, my next question here is to you guys, what's the biggest difference between, uh, and we've really already touched on this, but maybe we can organize it in this way, but what's the biggest difference between traditional hardcore pornography and torture porn as it's displayed in extreme cinema? What would the differences be? Um, Well, it's like, you know, they're... It's whether or not your dick moves. Yeah. 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 That's it. No, it yeah. is. So we, 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 we nailed the similarity. <laughs> yeah. It's the biggest difference for sure. Which yeah. is that both bodies are on display. Mm-hmm. So the differences here are that one, and they're both convulsing. Yeah. One difference is that one moves because it's motivated by sexual pleasure. Mm-hmm. The other one moves, moves because it's motivated by pain. Um, we also said that we have sexualized bodies on the screen, but when we watch them, we don't feel pleasure as in torture as viewers for traditional hardcore, you would, but you feel disgust. So that's another major difference. Yep. So the biggest difference is, is exactly what David says, whether your dick moves and yeah. whether or not you feel pleasure from it. So my ultimate question here to end the discussion on torture porn is, do you have to accept the term torture porn? Do you have to rethink the word pornography? Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Big time. Cool, why? Well, exactly what we said at the beginning of this, that the first time I read it, I was expecting to watch a film that was like what I just explained earlier in the thing, Gornography is. Like, I thought torture porn was going to be like hardcore pornography where it's like heavy bondage and like super brutal. I was like, I don't want to watch that at all. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds brutal. And then it was like, oh, it's a film that was written by this guy and it's Mm -hmm. just this? It's like, Mm -hmm. oh... That's no big deal. Yeah, I think. Yeah. Do you want to add to that, Danny? Um, no, no. I like. I would. I would agree with that. I think that it's like it's. But that's like the word pornography says that to me. Yeah. So yeah, I I, think, I, I would have to rethink the word. I think the way that I, the only way that this makes sense to me in the way that they're using it is to think that the word pornography only means putting the body on display, mm-hmm. and it's ex- exploiting the body for a particular purpose. Yeah. Well, here's here's a here's a qualification that I would make. If you're talking exploitation films, they're exploiting the subject matter for its own sake. In pornography or traditional hardcore pornography, they're 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 exploiting the female body or the body for the sake of the viewer. And 
that's also true about torture porn. It's for the sake of the viewer, just not in a positive way, in a negative way. Yeah, that's what I, exactly it, what it's, I was saying. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's, not, it's, say, it's yeah. not so much that it's, it's just for you to be like, what is this crazy shit? Which is what a lot of exploitation stuff is. It's more like, it's, it's for the sake of the viewer. It's to, to do something to the viewer. Yep. Yeah, I would 100% agree. I think that's like the way in which pornography in torture porn, you have to check sexual derivative pleasure at the door. That's, yeah. the, it's, that's the key difference. Yeah. That's the only way it makes sense for me. And it's not, it's, I thought like David thought, yeah. or as you described your thoughts of being like, ooh, like the word pornography is so closely married to sexuality mm-hmm. that I'm assuming it's going to be pornography. And I think that's the thing that they need to make more clear in their book for sure. is this separation between the two. Yeah. Cool. Um, the last thing I want to do is just touch real quickly on a question on empathy, yeah. only because of their title, Effective Strategies in, in Extreme Cinema. Yeah. So this is, I guess, a little bit more closely to extreme cinema. Um, so during our talk in Murder Set Pieces and Empathy, we agreed with David when you said uh, these movies don't really elicit effective empathy in the viewer. Like you could think about the way in which you could be like, uh, think about it in terms of like a filmmaker or something like that. Um, but Kerner and Knapp argue that, quote, one of the defining tropes of extreme cinema is the effective charge, which is I take to be the way in which it hits the, the their description of it is the way in which it hits the audience, right? The effective charge that it puts in the audience, yeah. which would be the way in which our body squirmed. Yeah. That's the effective charge, yeah. right? So my question is, is do we need to rethink our assessment on whether or not... Uh, that it's possible to feel effective emotion in a viewer. Also, given the fact that we agreed that we were all squirming when the other characters squirmed. Well, this is a different mm-hmm. movie than MSP. Yeah. Oh, so in, you were just saying within that movie. hundred like, percent. Okay, I don't, I don't, yeah. I don't remember exactly. I might've been yeah. saying all of them, but that yeah. would have been a hot take after watching murder set right. pieces. And I was like, he failed miserably at that. Okay. So I didn't cool. give a yeah. shit. Yeah. But in this movie, a hundred percent, I'd yeah. be like, the two people are so sadly pathetic Yeah. that, yeah, I'm like, I feel empathetic because I'm like, man. Yeah, but I guess I guess it's interesting though. Like, is there a line there? Like, can extreme cinema is it truly extreme cinema if they're making you empathize for the character? Because that's like not extreme. But they're, yeah, they're, I don't think they are for the character, right? Because again, it's like here, it's not that the charge would be that it's just effective empathy. Yeah. So there's no, there's no like, um, there's no. It's not the cognitive where you're consciously thinking about yeah, emotion, yeah. but you're anticipating something that's really important to me that I'm going to bring up in a second. Yeah. But like the effective, what they're using in the word is literally the way in which you can just mirror a reaction. Yeah. Which I think is problematic. So I'm going to, I'm going to open up, hopefully get you to continue what you were just saying, because I think we need to reconsider a quote from Kerner and Knapp that I said earlier. And this is touching on what Danny was just saying. They said, extreme cinema tends to adopt the pornographic regime to play on sensorial experience. That would be the effective charge. Yeah. But not necessarily to appeal to a spectator's emotion. So my question is, does extreme cinema's effective charge contradict the idea that these types of movies don't appeal to a spectator's emotion? Right, like, did they write their own thing wrong? Yeah, is this yeah. a problem? This is, a, to me, a big problem in the logic. So any definition of affect, yeah. affective or affective empathy, yeah. all relate to the shared movement of emotion from one person to another. 
this might be the dumbest sounding thing in the entire world, but it just makes sense in my head. Is there a feeling between feelings and emotions? Because like I just asked you two minutes ago, David, if you thought that disgust was an emotion and you said no, but you can definitely feel disgusted. But I kind of agreed with you when you said that, because I don't really think disgust is an emotion. Mm-hmm. So no, but we talked about this in, in our empathy talk. I said, I argued that, because you said this exact thing. Yeah. And what we I think we agreed with was that disgust would be a symptom of being empathetic. So it's not the emotion, but it's maybe the feeling produced by the emotion. If you're separating them as two different things. Yeah, but what I'm saying is like you like that seems weird because Yeah, like if you I'm smell barf, I'm you, smelling you feel disgusted. Exactly. Right? I'm not saying I'm saying it's the opposite. I'm okay. saying that the effective empathy is the disgust and the okay. cognitive empathy is the the emotion that is formed behind that feeling. Okay. And so if that's the case, then they're not wrong. Like you, like, it's like, you know, you, you don't like effective empathy isn't necessarily, um, an emotion. It's, but a def- the, the definition and I, I, and this is like, I'm not disagreeing with you because yeah. I, I think what you're saying is super interesting. Yeah. Uh, but the, the, the definition of, of, unless uh, maybe I'm just misunderstanding you. So explain this to me then put yeah. it, contextualize it with what I'm about to say. Yeah. Uh, effective empathy is the ability to mirror another person's emotion. So you laugh, I laugh. I don't even need to know what the, pro- the cause is. You're laughing, that's the emotion. I feel it and I mirror it. That's the definition of effective empathy. And that's my problem with them saying that it doesn't relate to the emotions of the viewer. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess that's the case because it's like, it's like you're not feeling... Like the view, like the characters being mutilated aren't feeling disgust; they're feeling agony. Mm. But you're not feeling agony. But your like, body's moving as though you're agonized. Yeah, but you're not feeling that same mm-hmm. agony. You're feeling a different set of emotions that's produced uncognitively, and that's what I'm saying. Like that's that's the issue that I have with that definition of of um, or, or with the definition of effective empathy is yeah. that the primary. Emotion that you experience isn't necessarily the same. Like, is it like can and in my mind can be both cognitive or can can be both not cognitive and also not the same emotion that that person is experiencing. Right. Like you can uh, derive a feeling of of effective empathy mm-hmm. from something that's not the same actual emotion. It doesn't have to be like you know like like. I could see something happening that's sad that isn't the viewer that the viewer isn't you know, the viewer or the, or the subject of what I'm looking at isn't necessarily sad, but it makes me feel sad in a way that's not cognitive. It's just a gut reaction. I just am, you know, or like a well-written tragic character that every time something bad happens to them, you think it's funny. Yeah. Yeah. So, but that's different than what's happening in these movies. Because again, it's like when I watch like someone being, tortured and I move in a similar way like yes I'm not being tortured but I'm reacting in such a way that's mirroring what's going on with them well I'm saying it with regards to this movies I, I, I'm saying separately yeah like like leading into the question that you're asking I think that coincidentally in this movie you are reacting in the same way in that one-to-one mm-hmm. body horror way but what I'm saying is is like for different reasons for but different likes but is the different reason is that different reason void of emotion I would say yes Okay, what, how? Because I don't, because it's not, um, it's not like a formed emotion that there's any thought going into. It's just a, it's just a reaction. 
Right. It's just a physical reaction. Yeah. To disgust, which uh, we're saying, David and I are kind of saying that it doesn't feel like disgust is an emotion. Yeah. It feels like it's a, a f- like like I guess that's why what, what leads back to my original question: Are is there a difference between feelings and emotions? Because yeah. I feel like you can feel something, but but an, an emotion is a more is informed by thought in some way. Yeah. You know, it, or causes thought in some way. Right. For example, like I can feel something and and not and not have any thought about it. But I feel right. like when you have an emotional reaction to something, it necessarily causes thought. Okay. And I feel like that's cognitive empathy. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. So uh, my question is like, we're writing this around disgust, but I think closer to the movie is my question is, and we don't have to belabor this because it's the same type of conversation, but is pain an emotion? And was what we were, was that what we were reacting to when we squirmed? So was the squirm an, an emotional reaction? You would say no. Yeah, I'd say no as well. Yeah, I'd say no. I don't yeah. think it is an emotional reaction at all. Neither do I. Yeah. So I think that they need to reconsider using the thing effective charge because I think what they're talking about is something different than affect. Yeah. Yeah. That's basically what I'm saying. Correct. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah. I would argue with that. Let's get them on the show. Yeah. <laughs> These motherfuckers, get them on. We got to get everybody on the show. Chumps? <laughs> uh, that rounds out what I had. So Amazing. that's awesome. Yeah. Um, Our favorite part of the good of part two. Yeah. Um, we got a loose end, we got some reviews. Uh, yep. that David has prepared for us. Please head That's us true. I've been waiting okay. for a couple of hours. <laughs> okay, so there weren't a ton on this, but a few of them made me laugh. So yeah. here they are. Uh, Katie Simpson. Uh, most of these also, before I say, most of these are from Amazon for the DVD or Blu-ray. Okay. Tight. That was where the best ones were. I looked for some and I couldn't find any. Oh man, there were 52. Okay. Cause I, I guess I was looking at the preview, like top three. That was the thing I had to do. Like this was, I had to dig to find I'm this and then you did. I was stoked. Okay. Uh, so Katie Simpson says, great movie. I almost threw up. Okay. Now the reason I like this one, one person found this review helpful. <laughs> so, yeah. I like that a yeah. lot. Right, cool. Yeah. That's a really yeah. good one. Yeah. And that, that's the, her ability of like like approaching vomiting is like what makes a movie good. Yeah, yeah. Right, I love sweet. that one person found it helpful. Yeah. That movie yeah, is that awesome. Is really that made me laugh. Throw okay, up. good. Now, yes, yes. perfect. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah, good. Oh, good I'm, gonna, I'm gonna buy this. Um, George says, "Good, could show more gore." <laughs> All right. <laughs> like the, you're fucked, George. Yeah, George is a pornographer. Fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I gotta save my favorite. Seriously, one I have to remind you that this is by far the worst one I've ever seen. Like, yeah. Oh, you mean grotesque? It, yeah, most yeah, intense. Grotesque is, yeah. is jammed up the ass with gore. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. It's fucking They make crazy. a finger it's like a necklace. It's 122 minutes of, of just straight gore. Yeah. yeah. No, I, yeah. I pulled the movie back up to like, to try to find names of people and whatever in yeah. it. And I fast forwarded three minutes and already there was like, he had his eye gouged out or whatever. Wait, I was I'm like, sorry. I said 122 minutes. I meant an hour and 22 yeah. minutes. Yeah. It's a short, but it's so like, it's truly like three minutes in. You're yeah. like, you're an extreme gore already. Yeah. yeah. yeah it's an, sure. it's amazing. It's basic, yeah, for sure. Okay. Uh, I'm not going to read the beginning of this one. This one's long, but whoa, it takes a weird turn. Felix. This is a five out of five star review. Yeah. In the middle of it here, he says, a friend and I watched it. We both liked it and considered it a man's romance movie. <laughs> All right. The movie is nothing but torture. It tests the limits and the love one may have for another. How far would you be willing to go for the ones you love type of movies? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Oh my god! Are you saying that the man's romance thing, like the one that he loves, is the doctor? No, that I think no. it's like a it's a masculine romance, like not yeah. not romantic, but capital R. Oh, it's romance. for the boys. This yeah. one's for the boys. It's yeah. for like, yo, how how far? Like we how, would cat. Yeah. Like, how far would you go? How, how yeah. hard would you Dog? thug it for your girl? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I think like, well, this is who's this again? That's fucked. Felix. Felix, Felix is, is this. So this French will be the sounding. one that I do my response to. Will be to, for this one is Felix. <laughs> <laughs> the other one was who was it? Fucking what was the guy's name from before? Uh, Something G. Yeah. Dick G. Dick yeah, G. Dick G. Dick G. Yeah, Dick G's got it coming. And now this guy, Felix, has a <laughs> fucking sure. coming. This is crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I love that right after, though, he's like, we considered it a romance movie. The movie is nothing but torture. That's <laughs> the next <laughs> sentence. That's so good. Yeah. Uh, this one just has one beautiful moment. Uh, this is by Weeksy. This movie is just dumb. Some weirdo kidnaps and tortures some poor couple. He cuts off various body parts and whatnot. She pees. This movie is dumb and boring and dumb. She pees. She pees is a whole sentence. That was my favorite part of that she one. Pees. She pees. She pees. She dumb pee? and boring and dumb. No, no. She, no. she orgasms. Is he called that pee? Yeah. Uh, she might pee. She might pee. I don't think so. I think that no? that's murder set pieces. Or no, that's another movie. Bring that your will. Bring, bring your will. will pees. Yeah. Bring your will pees. And she also, no, Martyrs pees. Martyrs pees. Martyrs pees. Martyrs pees. Breaking your will shits. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Poos. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah. But Jesus. I love that a whole sentence was uh, she, she pees. She pees. Yeah. Moving on. But she doesn't. That's the, no. Yeah. yeah. Not even. That's that's why. <laughs> yeah. Weeksy. Well done. Yeah. Well done, buddy. Great yeah. review. You should mark that as helpful. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, okay, this one is from Steve McKenna. This is my favorite one, I think. It is. It is a Chinese film in English <laughs> subtitles, so you know that before oh you read. Oh my god! Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> it was okay. I'm into the slash them up <laughs> horror films, but this one left me wanting more. They tried to make it too much story and not enough action. <laughs> what the so fuck? I was a little disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> <That's>... <laughs> Last night when I read that, I was dying. Dude, yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna table this. Like typically, like I like to put more work on myself, but I'm gonna put more work on all of us. Uh, there are clearly three reviews that we need to review yeah. in this section. <laughs> yeah. uh, I'll take Felix for sure. You guys should divvy up fucking All right. weeks. Yeah, you get first and picks, obviously, person. because... Sure. Yeah. This is the last one. Very short. Jane Dig Diggin? Yeah. This is a five-star movie when it comes to being gruesome. That is the whole review. <laughs> oh. she, she gave, wait, four out of five stars. <laughs> Yeah, that's awesome. Her math all, all, all killed her there. That's yeah. not good. That's, that's amazing. Yeah. yeah, those are all really good reviews, dude. Good job. Cool. Yes, yeah. excellent. <laughs> really good job. Yeah, I'm gonna need you on your own time to pick. There's Weeksy and yeah. whoever the last you second are, last one. You obviously one. get to pick whichever one you want. That yeah. last one, I will tell you, anything where somebody accidentally labels any Asian culture is Chinese rather than what it is, yeah. I will Im immediately give it a good review because it makes me go nuts with laughter. Yeah, it's that's like, why I killed it's, myself. It's, it's like, expired racism. Man. It's, yeah. like, it's racism Dude. that is so I know. 1985 that I, I can't even imagine. The way that he said it and then goes, just so you know before you rent it. Yeah. It's like, who are you warning? Yeah, who's Yo, renting this is, it? This Chinese Where did movie. He rent it? <laughs> Just so you know. Where the fuck did he rent it? From what major <laughs> video distributor that he rented from? Yeah, Video 99. Yeah. <laughs> 
I like uh, the idea that there's like there is a video ninety nine in like Tennessee where like the kid who like the manager who's like eighteen just loves fucking yeah. torture porn movies and he's like filled the shelves with it. Uh, there you well, go. Yeah, very good. That's it. Hey, do we acknowledge in any way that the beginning of the beginning of grotesque and the beginning of of breaking your will, like the first like ten minutes, are like almost identical. Yeah, they they follow like the same kind of like narrative. We haven't, no. But they're they're very very similar. Like it's like wake up in a basement tied to a fucking. Post. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for it's sure. like it's yeah. like they follow the same narrative arc, but like the the visceral shit happens way crazier. In no, no, I know, but yeah. I'm talking about like uh, the lead up. Like yeah. The, the let's say Act One. Yeah. Of both of those movies is identical. Mm. Okay. Because well, Act One is gets kidnapped. Yeah, for sure. Yep, 100%. Okay, so I just checked out of the conversation for a sec to click on uh, Stephen McKenna's name here yeah. on uh, Amazon. Yeah. And I got to pick his. He's the guy that said the Chinese thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, you uh, take it. He's got 113 reviews. I'm going to have to read all of them because <laughs> the, the second one, uh, which was just a couple of days ago, is yeah. for uh, Doctor's Carbright Diet Chocolate Chip Brownie Mix. That's amazing. Where he gave it two stars and said, not worth the amount of money you will pay for it. <laughs> so I feel like this guy's a gem. I was just going to ask you if he reviewed things that weren't movies. Yeah, you're going to have to review his body of Absolutely. work. Absolutely. Yeah. This is going to be sure. amazing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, that brings us to the close of Grotesque, uh, which also brings us to the big reveal uh, for the next movie that we're going to watch. Mm-hmm. Uh, as always, Danny does not know. Danny does not want to know. Um, but now we're going to force him to know. You're showboating right now. Just give it to me. <laughs> give it. I know. I'm looking at it right now. Come on. Just waiting to tell Danny. And uh, we'll be watching uh, Augusti Villaranga's uh, initial... Oh, this was initial release was 1987. Good and one. it one. is titled... In a glass cage. Have you either of you seen this? No. Nope. Tight. Yeah. You. Woo. Okay, I'm excited. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> it's crazy how I still get to see.